What is shaking, everybody? It is Gabriel here, Extra Points NFL Podcast. How are we doing today? As promised, you know, this is going to be the episode where we touch base with Joe once more. You guys will all remember him, obviously, from last uh, episode that we had here where we broke down all of the fantasy quarterbacks this season for uh, the, for football. You know, obviously, fantasy season is upon us, so we wanted to go ahead and hit the second round today. You know, the second grouping that we're going to do, uh, that being the running backs. You know, so we're hitting the running back position here pretty hard today. I think that it's going to be... Uh, I think it's going to be a good time. You know, we got a couple of good takes here that we're going to uh, sprinkle on you guys, you know, as we go over everything. So I hope you guys really do enjoy, you know, uh, not too much in the in the background here, obviously, you know, because it hasn't been too much that uh, that went on outside of, you know, some preseason games, Trey Lance news and stuff, which, you, which if you follow us on other social medias, you will see a lot of that being broken down there. Jonathan Taylor and Delvin Cook news, all of that will be covered in the little segment that we're working together on, you know, so... Uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy. I'm going to cut to that right now and definitely let me know what you guys think. And we're going to do wide receivers and tight ends next. Have a good one, guys. Thanks so much. And what's going on, guys? Once again, right back coming in here with uh, with Joe. I know, you know, in the little sidebar there, we got, uh, got him back. So we're going over the uh, running backs this time. Definitely one of the more interesting, it's probably the right word, groups, I guess, when it comes down to uh, what's going on this year. I know we were just talking a little bit about that, so... Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, it this year, I don't know. It's it's definitely deeper this year for running backs. Uh, there's a lot of value, especially in the mid to late rounds for running backs. Uh, and obviously, we were just talking about it a second ago. But Jonathan Taylor, a lot of news going mm-hmm. on there. I'll let you oh, yeah. kick it off with Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, and that's something that you know we touched on a little bit just in the singular recordings and on other social media platforms. Is you know obviously you requested the trade from Indianapolis. I don't want to say it's the biggest shocker. You know, as soon as they had that little, oh, it's an impasse at the contract, you're like, yeah, something's got to go on here. You know, because you get a running back who's begging for a bigger contract. It's just going to be either a Saquon Barkley situation, a Josh Jacobs situation, Delvin Cook, something like that. But, damn, I mean, there's reports flying out left and right here. You know, I've seen a couple that apparently, you know, he's met with uh, the Miami Dolphins, and they've already made an offer apparently there. So I know Joe was telling me, you know, his rankings don't have Jonathan Taylor in it, you know, because as of right now, he's not on a ball team. You know, and so for mine, it's kind of kind of sitting right around there as well. So if you guys are noticing at the first couple parts of our uh, list here, you know, comparing the consensus overall and stuff, why Jonathan Taylor isn't one or two, like a lot of people would expect him to be last year and the year prior when he was an Offensive Player of the Year candidate, that's why. You know, so yeah. once again, we're going to go through the same thing a little bit wider here. You know, quarterbacks, we did top 10 and kind of gave everything else there. Running backs, like Joe said, man, so much deeper than that. You know, I mean you can get down to the 20th, 25th running back and still have a solid guy that could potentially win you the league, you know? So it's going to be a little bit more, uh, I guess, deeper into the classes and stuff like that. But once again, comparing at ESPN, and all these are going to be PPR as well, at least what we're looking at, ESPN is weird right now with who they have at one. And maybe not weird. I mean, he's, he's a good player, 100%. But ESPN has Austin Eckler at number one. Tell me your thoughts on that. I mean... I, I see it. Uh, I was kind of tossing back and forth between Eckler and McCaffrey myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me, I have McCaffrey at number one, uh, but I can definitely see Austin Eckler being number one. I mean, we look at Christian McCaffrey last year. When he played, so he got traded to the 49ers last year, and then when he was playing, and I believe it was, it was kind of like a split backfield almost with Elijah Mitchell. You don't even realize, but... Last year, when him and Elijah Mitchell played, 
they were almost splitting carries 50-50 and splitting really? touches. No yeah, way. last year when when both him and Elijah Mitchell played, Elijah Mitchell was injured for a lot of the period of time when he was with McCaffrey when McCaffrey joined the team. But when him and McCaffrey were on the team, Elijah Mitchell was getting more of the rushing touches and McCaffrey was getting more of the receiving touches. So mm-hmm. I can definitely see it. I don't think I mean it's not a knock on McCaffrey at all. Uh, I mean it's just more credit to Elijah Mitchell, just showing that he's good enough to be able to be in kind of a backfield with McCaffrey and keep up. But I have McCaffrey at one just because, I mean, he's Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, you can't trust his health. Mm. And McCaffrey's going to be out there balling 20 points a game, sometimes 25, 30 points a game. Eckler, I definitely see it. But my only thing is my problem with Eckler being at number one for ESPN's ranking is they just got a new offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore. Right? Yeah. And oh, he's yeah. more of a down the field. Chuck it type. deep. Yeah, that's that's his offense. And they went out and they invent, invested in Quinton Johnston. Now I know the camp reports haven't been great on Quinton Johnston. He's having trouble catching the ball, holding on to the ball. It's taken him some time to get up to speed with the NFL. But that doesn't change the fact that they're gonna be slinging the ball downfield. I think last year was a down down year for Herbert, especially for everything that we expected from him. Uh but I honestly I think it's going to hurt Eckler more that Kellen Moore's there just because that offense, I don't think Eckler's going to get the dump, the dumps that he was going to get before. And I don't, I don't know. I still have him. I have Eckler number two, so I'm right up there with them because, I mean, he's just a PPR machine. And mm-hmm. we, everybody knows Austin Eckler loves fantasy football. He yeah, drinks yeah. himself all the time, and he's always going to go out there and perform for oh, his yeah. owners. So, I mean, I, I know if anyone's got the fantasy footballers back, it's him. So that's I, I have him at two, but I I mean I can see him being at one. It just depends on McCaffrey and Mitchell's situation, you know. Yeah, I completely get that. And you and I in agreeance here. McCaffrey, he's number one. And the reason why is because I'm not gonna get him in any of my fantasy leagues. You know, we did our draft. I'm freaking nine, man, you know. Not happy about that, but every single year I draft Christian McCaffrey, he's bad, he's injured, something like that. And every single year I don't get him, he kicks my butt. Every single time. You know, it's not fair, but I mean outside of that. The, uh, the Trey Lance news, you know, hearing that, that he's now third-string quarterback and, and Brock Purdy's going to be completely healthy. And so then, God forbid Brock Purdy gets hurt, you have Sam Darnold at, at number two now. And so now both choices, number one and two, I don't think Trey Lance is going to dress on game days. I doubt it unless they want him in a Taysom Hill type thing, but no one's Taysom Hill. I mean, you know, you're a Saints fan. You know exactly what that guy can do. Trey Lance isn't yeah. that. So you're going to have two quarterbacks, no matter who's playing, that throw the ball. They don't run. Brock Purdy's not running. He's not fast. Sam Darnold's not running. He's not fast. Christian McCaffrey, he's going to be catching dump off after dump off from Brock Purdy while he's letting his arm heal. You know, so even these first couple of weeks here, and I was talking about it, you know, you have a quarterback coming back from injury. The the 49ers have that team where they can say, listen, you know, we're going to play defense. We're going to play it hard. We're going to make sure your team can't play next week. You know, I mean, last season, teams that played the 49ers, the week after they played them, were 1-15. Were in 15. You know, they only win coming wow. from the Chiefs, just barely beating the Texans. You know, and they wow. won that on the last drive. That's how good the 49ers' defense is. You know, they play rough. So they have a team where they can say, you know, man, Brock Purdy's still hurting. First five weeks, six weeks, whatever it may be, we're going to rely on the defense and we're going to rely on Christian McCaffrey to run behind Trent Williams and their damn good O-line. He's just going to yeah. be racking up points. And Elijah Mitchell... I don't know. You know, he's going to get his touches and stuff like that. But I think that McCaffrey, on the deal he is, he's just going to become more and more a part of this team now that he's been yeah. a year in the system. Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, another offseason. Oh, yeah. Kyle Shanahan, man, he's he's so good. Anyone can run in that. You know, I could, I could be a thousand-yard rusher if Kyle Shanahan's my coach. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I'm running behind uh, Trent Williams and stuff like that, man. 
so good. So yeah, I have McCaffrey at one as well. Eckler, not at number two for me. He's actually at number three. Whoa. Yeah, he's actually Whoa. at number three because it's like you said, Kellen Moore. You know, we don't know what okay. he's going to be like yet. It's the first year in the system. You know, we all know that it takes a year or so to kind of develop there. But one thing that the Cowboys didn't do is pass to their running backs. Look at Zeke Elliott. You know, Tony Pollard towards the end of the season, yeah, he kind of came on there. But it was so reluctant. It took him maybe 12 weeks to finally say, okay, you know what? We're going to give it to Tony Pollard because he can catch it there. And like you said, I know Quentin Johnston, hey, you know, he had his drops in camps. So did Jamar Chase, you know. And yeah. that's good. That's going to be my thing, you know. Say, oh, I know you said, uh, what, Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison could be the next uh, – Justin Jefferson, Quan Johnson's my guy. You know, I wanted him on the Bills and stuff like that. He's a stud. You know, he's going to be good. You have Keenan Allen. You have Mike Williams, who I know we're going to talk about when it comes to the wide receiver rankings there, or at least I am. They're going to be gunning it downfield. Plus, the offensive line there, we've seen it. Even with Rashawn Slater, he'll be back. It's not really prone to having a running running back. You know, there were some games where uh, Eckler had 12, 13 catches. And in PPR, that's pretty damn great, but you can't rely on him for that forever. You know, so... A little, it's it's weird, and you know how you know how he's, he's just such a great player when taking a tumble is being the third best in someone's rankings, you know something like that. But I don't know. Yes, right now he's kind of he's sitting at number three for me, but uh, number two on ESPN is Christian McCaffrey. So once again, kind of you ESPN myself all interchangeable. Interesting thing for me is where ESPN has who they have at number three Saquon Barkley. I actually have him at number two. That's my number two. Really? Yeah, so ESPN, once again, has him at number three. I have him just above Austin Eckler because, once again, you don't give a, what, one- or two-year deal to Saquon Barkley, correct? For that yes. weird, weird amount of money. You know, he could have gotten yeah. more on the franchise tag. He wanted a stability in, in a deal, something like that, whatever it may be, you know, and why ever he decided to do it. But, you know, you have Daniel Jones going into that year. I already had him listed as a breakout. You know, I mean, you have that offensive line. You just gave Andrew Thomas big money, and they have a sneaky good offensive line. You have Darren yeah. Waller. You have more weapons. But outside of that, you still need a running back. And Saquon Barkley, franchise tag or this deal that he has now, it's on a prove-it deal. You know, it's one year. He has this one year to try and get more than, what, $11 million that they're giving him right now. So I think it's just kind of all conducive to him. And God forbid Daniel Jones just reverts back to a, a pumpkin or whatever you want to say, you know. Saquon Barkley is going to have all of that thrown upon him. You know, so I, th- I think his, his load's going to be there. He's going to touch it a lot more than Austin Eckler will in the run game. And he has more offensive lines, more conducive to that. And we know Brian Dable loves to run the ball. You know, and he tried in Buffalo with, with Devin Singletary, and that didn't go anywhere. No, but he gave him 15 anywhere. pops a game, but now you have a do-it-all running back in Saquon Barkley who can take 15, 20 touches a game, 5, 10 catches out of the backfield, and put up numbers. So... I don't know. I'm pretty high on the uh, on the Giants' weapons this year. I can't even lie. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely see where you're coming from, especially with Saquon. I mean, Saquon's been in that entire offense for mm-hmm. a long time. Until Dayball got there, it was all Saquon Barkley all the time. Oh yeah. And yeah, and Saquon's been a monster. You know what I mean? And last year, last year especially, I mean, every single week it looked like he was finishing top ten running back. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I definitely, I mean, I have Saquon at three. I mean, I agree with ESPN on this one. Um, I don't know. My only thing is, though, like, Saquon, with this deal, like, yeah, it's a prove-it deal, but at the same time, the way that this running back market is, it's like, running backs, I don't think, are going to get big deals maybe ever again. Uh, it's really? just, I think, because teams are starting to realize, like, what's the difference? You can interchange a lot of these running backs. You know what I mean? I mean, look at, I mean, we'll, we'll get down to it later, but... I just like a sneak peek, like Najee Harris, 
You mm-hmm. know what I mean? For oh, the yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll get to him later. They drafted Jalen Warren, and he's – camp reports have been incredible, but it's almost like you can put anyone behind a certain offensive line and they'll do great. You're not going to pay big money for a running back unless you're paying for someone like a Christian McCaffrey, but no one on this list can do what Christian McCaffrey can do. Yeah, and we saw what uh, Jalen Warren did in that preseason game against the Bills. You know, he shot that, that upfield, and just like that, he rips off a 60-yard touchdown. I haven't seen Najee Harris do that once, not even in the preseason. That's, that's exactly what I'm saying. So that's why it's like I don't think he'll be getting a bigger deal. But I agree with ESPN on three, not because I think he's going to be in like a, oh, play for it season, but I think he just loves football. And Saquon is just a baller. And I think that there's going to be less pressure on him because of the weapons that Daniel Jones now has, especially like Darren Waller and stuff like that. And Daniel Jones is going to another season. I don't. I hope he dumps it off more this season and doesn't rush as much because mm-hmm. that will definitely help Saquon. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I was kind of tossing between Saquon and my next pick. But I, I definitely see Saquon, he could easily finish number two. He could easily finish number one. But I have him right at number three. I feel like this is a safe spot for him. And, you know, when it comes to the contract stuff, I just think he's just a baller. And he just wants to go out there and just kill people because he loves football. Oh, yeah. That dude's freaking quads. Just stupid. Stupid crazy. I, I would do just about anything for that, you know. Squatting that much. But... I'm interested to hear who you have at uh, at number four. I know you just kind of touched on it there. ESPN has Bijan Robinson, Bed Bath and Bijan. You know all those all those names there. I'm not gonna throw out where I have him right yet. I want you to go first. He is not that high on my yes. list here. What do you have at number four? What do you think about Bijan Robinson? So I completely disagree with ESPN on number. Four. Oh, thank God. Okay, me too. I yeah. was gonna say. I hope I'm not alone here. And it, it's not. It's not be. Because I'm not hitting on Bijan at all. I have him ranked very high on my list, and mm-hmm. we'll get to it pretty soon. But it's it's just a fact that my number four is Nick Chubb. Yeah, me too. And, there we go. And they have, and they have Nick Chubb sitting at eight on their list. And That's ridiculous I don't know, to me. It that is absolutely ridiculous. And they have I I I get it. They're gonna say, oh well, it's his receiving upside and stuff like that. And, I don't know if anyone has been reading these camp reports. He doesn't catch the ball. He, not just that, but he, I mean, he's trying to. But he, it's it's literally just him in that backfield now. It's just him. There's no Kareem Hunt to steal that goal line work from him, which is what the big issue was last year. A lot of Nick Chubb's touchdowns came from outside of the ten yard line, mm-hmm. and, and I, I used to watch all because I had Nick Chubb on my fantasy team last year, and he actually carried me to the championship. So good. He, he's so good, but what really happened last year is he lost a lot of points around the goal line because they would throw Kareem Hunt in the goal line. Kareem Hunt's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And Ford, everyone can say, oh, well, Ford can get that touches. Now, Ford is not going to get those touches. He he was never going to get those touches. And it's it's Chubb's backfield now. He's one of the, I think, last two remaining, like, I'll say three because I'll put, I'll put Barkley up there, but true workhorse backs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I think the the true workhorse backs are Chubb, Henry, and Barkley, uh, and that's that's really it. And I don't know Chubb. I think he's going to have another fantastic season running behind a great offensive line. I think Deshaun Watson. We went through it last on our quarterback rankings. I had him, I think, at eleven. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a lot better this year, which is going to take some pressure off of Chubb because yeah, they're going to be a run first offense, but. Having that threat of Amari Cooper on the outside with a competent quarterback of Deshaun Watson throwing, I just think it's going to help Chubb even more. So, I don't know. I have him at four. I think he's going to ball out this year. And they have 
B. John Robinson at four. I can see why because of his receiving upside, but I'm not going to take that. I mean, we've seen it from Chubb. We mm-hmm. haven't seen it from B. John Robinson. We've seen it in Texas, but then again, NFL is a different game. Yeah, but, yeah, I completely yeah. agree. You know, uh, Chubb, once again, uh, he, he's at my four. And it's like you said, he's one of those, I would put him in the category of one of the two, him and Derrick Henry, as pure running backs. Saquon Barkley, he catches the ball too. You know, that's a big part of his game. Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry, I have them at four and five. They're, okay. I don't know how they do it. You know, every single time they catch the ball and they fall forward for yards. It seems like no matter what, Nick Chubb doesn't get tackled in the backfield. Neither does Derrick Henry, you know, and it has to do, obviously, you know, size of their quads, whatever you want to say. But they're those guys, you're right, they're not going to get many passes. You know, I mean, Derrick Henry's kind of evolved as that a little bit. Nick Chubb hasn't, but that's just what he does. And what is it, Donovan Williams, was that his name? Or someone, Johnson, you know, the backup that was there uh, maybe oh, a year or yeah. two ago. I, he had like a big game last year. Yeah, yeah, like huge game, game yeah. out of nowhere. You know, I picked him up. Yeah. Great call on my part. You know, I mean, just yeah. taking it because Nick Chubb was hurt. He's not there anymore. You know, they're all gone. It's literally just him. And like you said, Ford, he's not getting anything. No one knows who he is. You know, Nick Chubb, he's going to have so many touches. I wouldn't be surprised if he averages 35 to 40 a game and we see a kind of a reminiscent uh, player reminding us of Derrick Henry from one or two years ago where you see him get however many touches and it's like, oh my God, like Derrick Henry had 45 touches. Well, yeah, he had 250 yards and three touchdowns. You know, honestly, Nick Chubb could be a league winner this year and it's weird to say that about like oh my goodness i feel like he's being underrated at four and five you know stuff like that but man i mean he's just as consistent as they come you know every single week i think the worst game i've ever seen him have was like 10 points 10 11 points which i mean you know say what you want about that maybe it's bad but he clears double digits you know just because he gets those opportunities love their offensive line and stuff like that so 100 putting him at four and like i said uh my five was derrick henry so is espn's I just like Derrick Henry. You know, he's the only thing in that offense. Do they have a worse offensive line? Yeah, yeah, they do. But who the hell is going to be throwing the ball? Ryan Tannehill, mid, at best. You know, Malik Willis, what is happening? He's probably not even going to make the team. He looks horrendous. He's been playing every single preseason game, every single snap. Will Levis, he needs some work. You know, I mean, he's probably in the future boomer bust, but in my opinion, he's probably going to be like a QB one fringe on QB two in his career. You know, nothing special or anything like that. So... What do you do when you have a rookie quarterback or an inexperienced quarterback or a quarterback who just can't throw the ball properly like Ryan Tannehill off of play action? Yeah, they have DeAndre Hopkins. Give me Derrick Henry. You know, I feel like it's going to be another one of those kinds of seasons. So that's why I have him at five. I actually have Bijan at five. Bijan oh, Robinson. wow. Wow. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm on the Bijan hype train, man. I, I don't know. I, I think Bijan, here, here's what I'll say. And this is hard coming from a Saints fan putting a Falcons player anywhere inside of my top <laughs> 10 in the top anything. Five. Yeah, in anything. So, uh, B. John Robinson, I have him at five just because I'm expecting him to get 250 touches this year. And that's, I Easy. think, his floor. Easy. Yeah, I think that's his floor is 250 touches. And I know that the Falcons have come out and said, well, they want to still incorporate Allegier. And I get it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Algier played phenomenal, especially at the end of last year. But the Falcons were the run heaviest team, and I don't mean that. I do mean that. I mean every, they most of their calls were run based. They didn't mm-hmm. have. I don't know if they had the most rushing yards for the entire season, but they were the run heaviest team in the NFL. Bijan Robinson is coming into a perfect situation where he is going to be, hopefully, as long as the Falcons don't mess it up, which. 
the Falcons, they they might. I mean, coming out and saying that they want to have like a committee between Robinson and Algier doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But Robinson, I mean, his floor is 250 touches, and he's got the receiving upside. I mean, he's just he's he's a monster. If you saw what he did in Texas, I mean, look at the history of rookie running backs drafted within the top ten. You know what I mean? Yeah, the top yeah, ten you have a good in the NFL there. draft. Yeah, I mean. Zeke, Look, Saquon. We, we just talked. We just talked. We just talked about it with Saquon. You know what I mean? Uh, I think. I honestly think he might be better than what Saquon was coming out of college. Ooh. Yeah, I'm, dude. I I'm full Bijan train. I mean, I could. I can see Bijan pushing Eckler and McCaffrey for my two and one spot at the end of the season. But I don't have faith in the Falcons. That's why I put him at number five. Just because I feel like the Falcons are gonna run Algier a lot, which is also why I have Algier kind of on like my late round flyer target list you know what i mean just mm-hmm. because if Bijan goes down i mean even if if you have someone on by algier can definitely fit in for you for a week and get you eight nine ten points easy but yeah if Bijan just because i mean he's a stud and just the sheer target share that he's going to demand is going to be absolutely insane and i ritter he's not proven he was on my stay away list and i know there's been a lot of people in the industry in the fantasy football industry who are like oh we're all in on Ritter this year. Like he's gonna be a great late round flyer if you can get him, like stash him away or something like that. I just don't see it. Dude can't throw the ball, and maybe that's because I'm a Saints fan. But like I told <laughs> you, he was compared to Marcus Mariota. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Think, his upside is Marcus Mariota. Yeah, so I don't think he can really throw the ball. I think that Bijan's gonna get a lot of work out of the backfield catching Ronnie. I mean, he's. I think, I think five is the lowest I was willing to put him. And that's why I put him there because I also just hate the Falcons, but I I can't hate on pure talent, which is B. John Robinson. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if someone took him. Our draft is coming up this Sunday. If someone mm-hmm. took him within the first four picks, I wouldn't be mad at it. I wouldn't be mad. Is that someone you? No, I'm I'm, I'm pick number five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's gonna <laughs> yeah. fall right out. Well, <laughs> yeah. I man, this is after hearing that this this might be. My uh, my Kirk Cousins pick here, Bijan's at eleven. Bijan's at eleven. Bijan's at eleven. He's at eleven. He's at eleven. I I'm so, I'm sorry. I can't do it. I can't. And maybe this is just me coming through for the uh, like this your Saints thing. So you know you can you can put Bijan up. You know like feel good. And I can just be the asshole that just tears him apart here. <laughs> not gonna happen. You know, it's just absolutely wow. not. You know, he they're talking about splitting carries. Okay, maybe that happens. Maybe they, maybe it's just something they're like, oh, yeah, no, you know, Bijan's got to earn it or something like that. And, man, this is probably a little low, and maybe I am a hater. Honestly, probably kind of a little bit. I love Bijan. I really, really do. But first off, I'm getting sick of the Bed Bath & Bijan uh, fantasy football names. Like, come on, something better than that. You know, I mean, something. Yeah, something. the original. But every single team knows exactly what the Falcons are going to do exactly what they're going to do they they sent it away when they picked him what was it seventh overall or something like that yep. i know exactly what they're going to do with that they have an they have a pretty good o-line you know they just re-upped like what caleb mcgarry or something like that on their offensive line getting that stuff going there and they have marcus mariota incarnate as a essentially rookie because he didn't really play too much last year and we saw exactly what he could do with them he's not accurate he's going to want to take these short little plays and we even saw him last year he had maybe 20 throws a game Something like that. Is he going to improve from that Desmond Ritter I'm talking about? Yeah, probably. But even if he's throwing dump-offs, I don't know how it's going to happen. The Falcons aren't going to have the ball much because once once a team gets up 35 to nothing on them, they're just going to ball control. I would be surprised if the offense has more than 40 touches a game. 
you know, in I don't know. I mean, Bijan Robinson, yeah, he has the talent. He's really, really good. I saw his tape in college. He was really fun. He was a guy that I, I hate running backs in the first round. I really do. But he was a guy where I was like, you know, if he's there at 25 for the Bills, I wouldn't be too, too upset if we took him. You know, but the thing for me is I just can't get around every single thing on the team that's taking him back. You know, because, I mean, we've seen a bunch of instances where you have Najee Harris. You know, I mean, he was taken really, really high. And a lot of people are like, hey, you know, next big guy, you know, taken in the first round. He's going to be a stud. He's running behind the Steelers. He used to play for them. He has everything going for him. They have a good offensive line. What happened? You know, because everyone knew exactly what was going to happen when Ben Roethlisberger hurt himself. And then you have Mitch Trubisky and stuff like that playing in there. And he's not getting anything. It's, what, year three or so of Najee Harris. And we haven't seen anything reminiscent of what we thought we would see from college. Saquon's a stud. You know, Ezekiel Elliott was a stud. But Bijan Robinson, I need to see something first. And I, I, I'm really, really, really hesitant to put uh, first-round running backs or really rookie running backs, depending on the situation, in that top area, despite what it may be. But I don't know, man. I know it's I know it's an absolutely just out-of-nowhere take for me. That's crazy, yeah. He's not on my stay-away list, believe it or not. As far down as I have him, he's not on my stay-away. And like you said, you know, if, if in our draft someone takes him at number four, or you take him at five, I understand it. But also yeah. what I see is if they take it there, I get an even better player at nine. Because at nine, if Bijan's there, I'm not taking him. You know, That's I'm not. True. I can say it right now. So, it, I, I don't know. It's out of nowhere, out of pocket. I, I completely understand there. But quite the fall from from grace, at least in my my rankings, you know. But for me, there's just a lot of people that I would put better than him. I think it's there's a select few 10 running backs, in my opinion, that I know we're going to get higher points than him. And that's going into number six at Tony Pollard. That That's what ESPN has at number six. I can kind of agree. I have Tony Pollard at number eight. But okay. uh, if, if Jonathan Taylor doesn't sign with the Cowboys, Tony Pollard has to be it. You know, they have Mike McCarthy. And what did Mike McCarthy do when he was in Green Bay? Every single thing, you know, third and long or something like that, guess who's getting a target? You know, and even, yep. but Tony Pollard's so explosive, he can make that happen. We've seen him return kicks, punts, and stuff like that, all for touchdowns. And we see what he did last year. You know, he, he he won me some of my leagues. You know, I had three or four leagues last year. I had him in one or two that I picked him up off the waiver wire. Ridiculous. Yep. You know, in, I don't know, seeing him at six, I completely get that. I'm honestly am probably a little low on him putting him at eight. But Tony Pollard, man, I mean, there's so much talent there. So I see why ESPN has him so high, and I see why he's in my top ten. I think he should be everywhere. Yeah, they have him at number six. I actually have him at number seven. Uh, yeah, that's okay. because I have Derrick Henry at number six. That's who I have at number six right there. And, I mean, Derrick Henry, people are saying that he's going to lose a step this year. He's getting old. You know what I mean? Oh, he's 29 years old, which uh, for running backs, you're getting to the end of your lifespan usually. But mm-hmm. Derrick Henry's a freak in nature. And, yeah, oh, yeah, you can say that he didn't have a great as great a season as he has had previously. He still got over 300 rushing attempts. Really? 300. Really? 300. And like you said, he is that offense. And, like, I'm probably a little higher on DeAndre Hopkins than a lot of people. I mean, last mm-hmm. year he was balling out when he came back from his suspension. And then when he the, – until Kyler Murray got hurt, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was balling. I think he's almost quarterback-proof. Mm-hmm. Uh, quarterback-proof to an extent. I He'll – look at This is basically the same team. You're just substituting – DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Brown from the Titans of before. You yeah, know what I mean? kind of. And AJ Brown, he was good. He wasn't great. I mean, he could get you 
10 points weekly, and sometimes he could break out for 25-30, which is what I think DeAndre Hopkins will be. But, I don't know, I just, Derrick Henry, he's still going to get, I mean, oh, if Derrick Henry gets 250 attempts rather than 300, if 250 attempts for Derrick Henry is still top 10 running back potential because Derrick Henry is such a big dude. Like you said, he falls forward for three, four yards. Derrick Henry, he has not lost a step. And until I see it from him, because he's an anomaly, until I see it from him, I'm going to keep him inside of my top 10. That's why I have him at number six. For Tony Pollard, they have him at number six. I have him at number seven. Uh, I think that his productivity is going to decrease a little bit because there's no way he's going to be able to keep up the rushing that he was doing last year and the yards per carry that he was getting last year. There's just no way he's going to be able to be that efficient because his workload is going to increase, especially if Jonathan Taylor doesn't end up there Mm -hmm. and they haven't signed anyone else. I mean, I don't know if he'll go and sign Kareem Hunt, but even if they do, I don't think he's going to eat into Tony Pollard's target share that much. I mean, Tony Pollard, I think Tony Pollard's a league winner. That's just what I think. Uh, I think Tony Pollard, where he's being drafted right now, Tony Pollard's going around the 23rd, 24th pick. And, yeah, and so, I mean, that means you're getting him, you know, in a 10-man league, you're getting him mid-third round. round, You know what I mean? In a 12-man league, you're getting him end of second round. And, I mean, if I think if you can get a Tony Pollard, you should get a Tony Pollard because he's going to – I mean, I have him at number seven. I can see him – and Henry switching places just because of Tony Pollard's receiving upside. My only thing is Brandon Cooks. I think that people are sleeping on him as a wide receiver, and I think that he's going to get some targets, which might not go to Tony Pollard. I think that if a play breaks down and Dak Prescott's rolling out, Tony Pollard will be there to jump off, but I think that some of those times when Tony Pollard would get a dump off, Brandon Cooks is going to find a way to be open downfield, which is where the ball is going to go. But Tony Pollard, he's going to be a stud. He's a league winner. I draft him all day at number seven on my running back rankings, and especially where his ADP is going at, you know, pick 24. Oh, yeah, give me that all day. You know, I mean, that's that's a big thing. And once again, to kind of tie this back into Bijan, I would take him over Bijan. I really, really would because his workload's there. He has a better offensive line. He has a better offense, and he has a better scheme. You know, having that there. He's really good. And the the crazy thing, you know, I know we touched on Jonathan Taylor a little bit in the pre-thing. You know, if he goes to Dallas, you know, that could be crazy for uh, for the Cowboys there. ESPN has Jonathan Taylor in their number seven spot, even though he's not on uh, a roster. So I kind of wanted to, I know you don't have him on at all. Uh, I have, I put Jonathan Taylor at 10 just because I don't care where he goes. He's, he's good enough to be a top 10 running back. You know, he could yeah. go to the Cardinals. He would be top 10. You know, despite them being that poor. And early reports are he's going to the Dolphins. If he's there, I hate the Dolphins. He's top five to me. You know, it's yep. the variance and stuff where he is is just absolutely incredible, at least when it when it comes to this season. Uh, but, yeah, just to touch on him briefly, once again, we don't know where he's going to go, so I don't want to get too much into him and speculate because, I mean, shit, he very well could just go to the Cardinals or something like that because they do have the cap space for him, and, you know, he can't really control where he's getting traded to. But after that, you know, they had they have Nick Chubb at eight. ESPN does, and I know we kind of already spoke on how that's a little bit weird there. Uh, I have Tony Pollard in my eight, so I my seven. I don't I don't know if uh if you went over what your seven is, but I had a Bijan, the other rookie Jameer Gibbs. I have him from the Lion. He's my guy. Oh my god. He's my guy. <laughs> I was gonna ask you. I was like, when you said you had 
B. John Robinson down, where did you say you have him at 11, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you said you had B. John down at 11, I was going to ask you if you had Jameer Gibbs above B. John Robinson. And if you did, I, sure do. I was going to call you crazy <laughs> because I think that's crazy. Crazy? Where? <laughs> where? Absolutely not. I think, at least when it comes to Jameer Gibbs, if you want to talk about receiving upside, look at him. I mean, oh my gosh, looking at how he plays. Am I the biggest Lions fan? Not necessarily. You know, I do have a little soft spot for Jared Goff here, and I know you're just waiting for me to explain myself. Uh, it's crazy, you know, but in my opinion, his receiving upside is higher than uh, Bijan Robinson's. Is he a better rusher? I don't think so. You know, and I'd be, I'd be absolutely stupid to try and argue a point where he's a better running back in general than Bijan Robinson, at least at the college level. But that's the biggest thing. When I look at the Lions offense, they have a good offense. And a lot of that plays into how good a running back is going to do. Because the longer an offense is on the field, the more opportunities a running back has. You know, the more checkdowns he's going to get from Jared Goff. He's going to get it. You know, he's going to get a ton of checkdowns there. And he's an incredible, incredible receiving talent. He really is. So, I know it's a little difficult for me to make that case. Sort of rolling on here, but I have him at 7. You know, and that that's, that's one of my things I kind of, I guess, a spoiler there. He's my number one dark horse. And a lot of this take of me having him at seven rides on him being a dark horse. You know, but who else do the Lions have? David Montgomery. You know, uh, my uh, my partner at work, he, he grew up in Michigan. You know, he's a big Lions guy. He was like, oh, we got David Montgomery. He's Devin Singletary at best. You know, he's a better wow. running Devin Singletary, David Montgomery. I, I, honestly, I have, I have no idea. Khalil Herbert outplayed him in Chicago. Justin Fields outplayed him in Chicago. He became a third string to cut very, very, very quickly. You know, so Jameer Gibbs, the Lions just spent so much on that. You know, a first-round pick. They got a lot of criticism from that, and there's glowing reports in camp about him. And it seems like every single thing I play, it's, oh, the Lions posting something. Oh, look at Jameer Gibbs catch this ball. He's going to be doing that in the games. You know, so absolutely crazy of me, I know, to have him all the way up there. But he's my number seven. Wow. Wow, so I, I can assume that you'll be reaching for him in the draft. <laughs> no, try not to show my hand too quickly. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't agree with that. I mean, I seven is just way too high for me. I Actually, I have him down where you have Bijan. I have him at 11. Uh, oh, okay. and I, I, see, I, I see the upside for Gibbs. Uh, and, I, oh, wow, wow, having Jameer Gibbs at seven. I don't, I don't know. I think Jameer Gibbs is going to be – kind of like a uh, a discount what rookie Alvin Kamara was uh I just don't I my only thing is it's tough to be a Lions running back nowadays I mean last year I mean okay here's the thing <laughs> you're not wrong you're not wrong De- DeAndre Swift is very reminiscent of Jameer Gibbs you know tremendous receiving upside an absolute stud in college and what happened he lost all of the goal line work to Jamal Williams, who balled out last year because he had an ungodly amount of touchdowns. And I think the same thing is going to happen. I, they went out and they they got David Montgomery and they paid him money. They they want him. And he's, I mean, I I think he's a little better than you're giving him credit for. Just calling him a Devin Singletary. Uh, but my other thing is Montgomery, I, I think Montgomery is going to get some goal line work. I think Montgomery is going to be, you know, that between the tackles running back and Jameer Gibbs is going to be like that third down running back. I, Jameer Gibbs has tremendous upside because of his receiving ability, but I just don't think he's going to get the goal line work or just 
the target share because I think it's going to be a committee between him and Montgomery, and I know they're all super high on Gibbs, so who, who knows? Maybe he is, like, the workhorse back for a while, and he ends up getting a lot of the touches, but just the sheer amount of goal line work that David Montgomery is going to get, I think it's going to be very reminiscent of DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams of last year, which is why I can't put Gibbs inside of my top 10. I mean, I like him a lot too. And one of my mock drafts, one of my first ever mock drafts that I did this year, I'm probably up around 60, 70 mock drafts now. It, yeah. And last time we did the podcast, I had 40, so I've done another almost, you know, 30 since then. So, but yeah, no, Jameer Gibbs. Girlfriend loves it. Yeah, I, I can see you putting Jameer Gibbs up high because I can see him finishing there. I just don't see him there right now until we see what kind of target share he gets. Yeah, which is which is fair, you know, and I know that that was, it, it's not a consensus take at all. You know, I, I don't quite know where uh, ESPN has him. I know for sure it's not in the top 10. You know, I think he was closer to, uh, if I'm not mistaken, was he in the in the teens a little bit past that? Correct, something like that. Yeah, he was at 15. Uh, yeah. So it sounds about right, but in my in my opinion, you know, it's one of those things where I just can't give Bijan the benefit of the doubt and not Jameer, and I like Jameer's offense a lot more. We're going to go right to break, you guys. Uh, listen to this message by our sponsor really, really quick by Shank at Golf, and we're looking forward to uh, catching you guys in the next part. Be right back. All right, perfect. Yeah, so we are back, kind of finishing out the uh, top 10 here. So I know that we left off on number eight, uh, you know, just kind of some discourse going on there. I have Tony Pollard there. Uh, ESPN has Nick Chubb there, which you both disagree with. Who is your eight? I'm kind of uh, intrigued to hear what a uh, couple of the running backs we haven't covered. So my number eight, if he plays this season, if he doesn't sit out this season, mm-hmm. it's going to be Jonathan Taylor. There uh, he is, yep. Yeah, but I... I left him off the list just because of this whole situation, but I was going to make it a point to let all the listeners know that Jonathan Taylor, I think, is a top 10 running back if he plays. Um, I know this whole contract situation is kind of crazy, and I know that they said that he can go look for a trade, and I know the Miami Dolphins have submitted a trade. But Mm -hmm. this really reminds me of when Austin Eckler wanted a trade and when Lamar Jackson wanted a trade because of the contract situation. What was this last year, I believe? Or the, yeah, yeah. Not last year, but the, the off season before last year. Um, and, and what happened? No trade got done. This is what I think is happening with Jonathan Taylor. The Colts came out and said they want a first round draft pick. And I know that the Miami Dolphins have submitted a trade request and mm-hmm. an offer, but do we know that that actually has a first round in the package no we don't they're not willing to pay jonathan taylor but then they're going to go out and they're going to say oh well you're worth a first round draft pick okay if he's worth a first round draft pick pay him money but this is how the nfl works they're not going to pay these running backs they're going to get these picks so they can get these young running backs and just keep running them into the ground now jonathan taylor i believe he's only 24 years old so he's still really young he's still got a good career ahead of him and i don't know how true all this injury stuff is with him and they're new new every week there's new injuries they were saying his back they were saying his ankles so there there's a lot going on here i don't exactly know how true all of it is but when he plays he's a top 10 running back mm-hmm. uh, that's just he's a talented guy he i mean bills fans know best five touchdowns against the bills you know what yeah, i mean you didn't have to do <laughs> me like that so but i mean yeah he i have him at number eight if he plays which I think he will, and I think he's going to end up playing for the Colts because I don't think anyone's going to come back offering up what the Colts are looking for. And I think they're going to be like, see, 
nobody wants to give up a first for you. Or see, nobody wants you, and then he's just going to come back and he's going to play for the Colts. That's what I think is going to happen. I think he's going to look for a bigger contract at the end of this year. Uh, but when is he going to come back? We have no idea. It could be week two. It could be week four. Who knows? And who knows if he gets traded? Obviously, his ranking could move up. But mm-hmm. I have him at eight tentatively. But aside from that, he's like a sidebar. Who I have at eight, if Jonathan Taylor doesn't end up playing this season, is going to be Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is mm-hmm. absolutely incredible. I mean, he was league winner last year for most people oh, yeah. who oh, had yeah. him. Uh, I mean, he was just absolutely insane. And this year, I think he's going to have another great season. I, I know he's in a little bit of a contract situation as well, but reports are more optimistic about Josh Jacobs. They say that he's going to be back with the team soon, and he's going to be back before week one, and he's going to be playing week one. But then again, I'm more of a I don't trust until I see it type of guy, especially when it comes to stuff like this. Um, but Josh Jacobs, I mean, last year he was getting, I mean, uh, the lowest he got was 10 carries in a game, and that was week one. Since then, he had one down week at 13, but every other week has been close to 20 upwards of he had a game against Seattle, 33 rushing attempts. And, I mean, the team didn't really get any better, Mm-mm. especially at the quarterback position. I think they got worse with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, Devontae Adams is quarterback-proof. Everybody knows that. Devontae Adams is going to go in the second round of probably every single draft that every listener is in. And I know draft season is coming up soon, so hopefully we get that wide receiver rankings out. Uh, but if not, just so they know, Devontae Adams is quarterback-proof. And oh, But yeah. the thing is, Jimmy Garoppolo can't throw the ball downfield. So what are they going to do? They're going to rely heavily on Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is going to have another absolute stellar season. I don't think he's going to finish running back number three like he did last year. Uh, I think he's going to take a little bit of a step back. Uh, But then again, he's only one year older than Jonathan Taylor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Josh Jacobs is – I've always been a Josh Jacobs fan. He's just last year finally got his chance to prove it, and I think he's going to do it again this year. So if Jonathan Taylor plays, I have him at eight. If he doesn't play, Josh Jacobs at eight. Yeah, I like that. And uh, now that in you know, uh, uh, ESPN has Josh Jacobs at nine, and that's kind of what I see uh, Bijan Robinson being is a year one rookie Josh Jacobs. You know, okay. he was okay. He scrapped to get that one thousand yards. He was a little bit of the, uh, you know, he did some of that stuff in the background there with the catches and stuff like that. That's kind of where I see Bijan. Josh Jacobs for me, he was he was my number six. Uh, I think kind of off of last year alone and the fact that now you know. Say what you want about Derek Carr. He's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. No, yeah. he is. So All day. you take him away from uh, Josh Jacobs. He's going to fall a little bit. But on the bright side, you know, I think that Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, very prone to getting hurt. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But no matter what, if Jimmy G is hurt or playing, Josh Jacobs is going to get action. Because we saw what was going on in San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo where he had the success. Same with New England. Running game. That's one common yep. denominator, you know. So, so in order to have success there, you need to get Josh Jacobs going on the ground. I'm optimistic he's going to play because he's one of those guys. He hasn't had a big payday yet. You know, he wasn't a super, super high top pick here, so he doesn't have a massive contract. I think things are going to get done sooner rather than later. So ESPN having him at nine is uh, all right. Who I have at nine, and actually who ESPN has at ten is Travis Etienne. That's oh. a little bit higher than a lot of people would think. You know, because Etienne last season. I don't have the exact ranking on the top of my head. He wasn't that great. You know, coming off an injury, I think, is a lot that I can attribute that to. But when it comes down to it, I don't know. He doesn't have too much behind him, at least not right now. Trevor Lawrence, I expect him to step up. And the Jaguars, at least in their division, they face some bad teams. 
So what are they going to do when they win? They're going to do ball control. You know, I expect him to get a couple more touches. You know, and I expect him to be healthy this entire season here. He can catch the ball out of the back. We saw it a little bit. They just need to start getting him going. Doug Peterson straight up said last year, and especially after the playoff game, they said that they need to get ETN involved more. I couldn't agree more. You know, and I love touchdown Jesus. You know, Trevor Lawrence is my spirit animal right there. So I think that he can get... Uh, he can get ETN a couple more yards. So I know having him in the top 10 is a little unpopular, but looks like ESPN at least agrees with me. So I mean, uh, kind of take that with that as you will, but he's my, uh, he's my number nine. He's ESPN's number 10. Who do you have at 10? Rounding out the top 10. This is a, this is a huge pick here. Well, I gotta give nine and 10 because my nine and 10, we haven't spoken about at all. Oh, geez. Ramondre Stevenson at nine. And I know that that Ezekiel Elliott signing really for a lot of people put Ramondre Stevenson down on the list uh ESPN has him where they got him 14 <laughs> but I I mean last year people were like always oh, gonna lose the goal line carries always oh, gonna you know lose the you know short yardage gains and stuff like that I don't know last year in PPR Ramondre Stevenson ranked running back number seven and he still had Damian Harris and yeah, I know Damian all the Harris was injured but, yeah, uh, he didn't get all the goal line carries, and I think it's going to be very similar this year. Ramondre Stevenson is that backfield as of as far as we know. I mean, they didn't bring Ezekiel Elliott in to take really any touches. I mean, I, I assume it's probably the goal line touches. But then again, they're the Patriots. How much are they going to be getting goal line opportunities? You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. with McCorkle like, Jones, I mean, they're not going to be scoring too much. It's going to be. Yeah, so I still think Ramondre So you have him at gonna... nine. Yeah, I think he's going to be a PPR monster. I think there's going to be a lot of dumps into the backfield for Andre Stevenson. I think he's quick. I think he's agile. I think I, he's going to have a great season. I have him at number nine. And uh, for me, at number ten, first I want to touch on your ETN. Mm-hmm. I do not have him anywhere close to there. Oh, uh, no. Honestly, I was debating even putting him in my top 15. I am. And, but that's part of the reason I love doing this podcast with yeah. you is because I like that we have differing opinions and I also like that it gives me a comfort of mind knowing, and hey, listen, if I'm wrong on ETN this year, and I know he didn't do awful last year, uh, but if I'm wrong on ETN this year, more power to everyone who's ETN believer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And if, if you want to take ETN, if he's at a good draft price for you, because right now he's going around pick 32, I mean, if you're sitting there and he's there and he's one of the players you want, go ahead and grab him. But I honestly... Don't think he's going to have – I honestly don't even know if come the end of the season he's going to be the running back one at Ooh. for the Jacksonville. I think – I'm a huge believer in Tank Bigsby. I think he's going to be <laughs> awesome this year. He's got the name. He's got the name for sure. Yeah, and, you know, you think – when you hear someone named Tank, you think they're going to be a little guy, right? He's a big motherfucker, dude. Like, and you got Bigsby. And you got Bigsby. You know yeah, I mean? so I, I don't know. ETN – he hasn't shown that he can be a wide receiver. You know, like not necessarily a wide receiver, but he doesn't – show that he has hands for a running back and in today's nfl that's super important so i really mm-hmm. don't know if etn is going to be i mean i don't know i think Bigsby runs harder too i just i really i'm a i you can call me an etn hater this year i honestly i'm adding him to my stayaways right now for me hey <laughs> yeah i didn't have him in there but i i just travis etn i'm not a big believer in so i actually have him at number 14 but because he does have talent and what was that? I believe it was two years ago. I drafted him, mm-hmm. and he oh, actually did pretty season. good for me. Yeah. His rookie season, yeah, right, yeah. Two years ago, I drafted him. Oh no, he didn't play his rookie. So it was last year I drafted him. Oh my gosh, 
yeah, I drafted him last year. He had a few good games for me, a few 20-point games. But other than that, I mean, he's been a middle-of-the-pack running back, you know, especially last year. Maybe this is his breakout year because technically this should be his, like, sophomore year since he missed the first year with injury. But I don't know. I have him at number 14. Number 9, I have Ramondre Stevenson. I went over that. And then number 10, I actually have Reese Hall. And I know that's going to rub some Bills fans wrong. I know. I know it's going to rub some Bills, Bills fans the wrong way. And I know it's crazy to have him, especially above someone like Jameer Gibbs. Who's what about Dalvin Cook? Listen, here's here's what I think is going to happen. All right? I understand Dalvin Cook is there. I understand Dalvin Cook is still a good running back. But Brees Hall last year, he was a rookie. And outside of his first week, and then the week he got injured, week seven, every single week that he had was within the top 15 for running backs. He was consecutively running back 14, 12, 15, then he found his stride four and six. And week seven, when he got injured, he still finished his running back number 22. So Brees Hall, I think, is just the better running back. And I know it's going to take him a little bit to hopefully come back 100%. That's why I think they sell Dalvin Cook. I think they got Dalvin Cook because they're not fully confident that Brees Hall is going to be ready for the beginning of the season. You think which... they got the running back, what, four or five from last year to be a backup? I well, here's here's what I'm saying. I think that they got him to be the running back for the first three, four weeks while Brees Hall is getting better. And then I think they're gonna start to split carries a little bit. Probably come week five to you know, nine. Mm-hmm. Looks like they're when is their bye this week? They have bye week seven. So I think that come week eight, I think Brees Hall is gonna be the number one running back in that running back room. And I, I just think he's way more explosive. I mean, there's a reason the Vikings wanted to move on from Dalvin Cook. And we don't get to see everything that happens, but this could be a Todd Gurley situation that he had a great year and he just hit his edge. I don't know, uh, but I I think Brees Hall's a stud and I think that the Jets are competing for a Super Bowl this year. So I think that they know that they need the best players on the field at all times. And yeah, they might want to keep Brees Hall healthy for seasons to come and lighten his workload a little bit but when push comes to shove and they need to win games Brees Hall is going to be the one out on the field he's going to be the one scoring he's got that breakaway capability he can score a 40 yard touchdown a 30 yard touchdown like that is Brees Hall and he runs I will say this he runs mean he runs pissed off I know I know and I and it sucks because like yeah I'm Saints first and I'll always be Saints first but Bills are second for me I mean Mm -hmm. I'm I grew up in Buffalo. I still live in Buffalo. You know what I mean? My whole family's Bills fans. All my friends are Bills fans. You know what I mean? So it's like I, I go to a lot of Bills games. So Bills will always be second. So it pains me to say that as a Bills fan. But Brees Hall is the truth. And I think that his second half year after that bye week, weeks 8 through 17, I think that he's going to be pushing every single week running back number eight, running back number nine, running back number seven. I think he's going to be there, but because of the workload that he's going to have to share with Devin Cook up until that bye week at week seven, I think that that's going to affect his ranking, which is why I have him all the way at 10. Wow. I mean, and yeah, that's a lot to take in, honestly, yeah. those two. And I, I can kind of pick up what you're putting down with a Brees Hall kind of taking over for this one reason, and that's with Delvin Cook being on a one-year deal. You know, they didn't sign him to an extension. 
because they have their guy. And that was a big thing that I brought up when I, uh, when they uh, signed Dalvin Cook. I was like, well, what about Brees Hall? And as a Bills fan, that kind of that sat positively with me because I was like, well, now you're taking away some of Brees Hall. Sure, you're, you're putting in Dalvin Cook, but you're also taking away some of Dalvin Cook. You know, so if they're splitting carries, not one of them is going to get hot. We're not going to see Brees Hall just pissed off running, hitting everybody, hitting people into the sidelines and still trying to run, you know, stuff that we saw last season. So that's always good. But once again, I mean, like you said, I thoroughly enjoyed doing this, this, this with you because, you know, we have these different takes, you know, and it's so substantially different, at least how some of the uh, things roll and, you know, it makes for some good discourse, but also I may or may not just be saying that because might be a little bit of a bombshell, and we're going to disagree pretty heavily here. Ramondre Stevenson, who you have at number 9, I have at number 15. Brees Hall, who you have at number 10, I don't have ranked in the top 20. What? I know. it's, it's Wow. <laughs> you know, we're hitting him there. It's, it's It's a big one. But for me, uh, Ramondre Stevenson sitting at 19. You know, he just barely squeaked in. Brees Hall, he and Delvin Cook. I have Delvin Cook slash Brees Hall. Stay aways. I wouldn't draft him. Wow. I that wouldn't. is crazy. It might be, but I'll get that. And I, I said those two back to back, so it wasn't like, oh man, you're stupid, and then another bomb, and like, oh man, he's definitely stupid. I said those back to back so fast just to get that in there, you know, to kind of soften the blow from doing those two separately. But Ramondre Stevenson for me, he was less explosive than a cornerback who was running. Jack Jones. He would rip off more runs, and I didn't watch all the Patriots games because I can't stand watching the Patriots. They're maybe not my least favorite rival, but I get the most satisfaction when we mop the floor with them as a Bills fan. Shout out to Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah, so many (laughs) scars from that guy. Just cut deep. You know, thank thank goodness he's in retirement. Uh, Not sure who he's dating now, but it's not Giselle, so poor guy. But Yeah, yeah. She ran off with a Taekwondo instructor. She didn't like him either. But that, that's that's so mean. That's so mean. Uh, but I don't see him being that high up there. You know, the Patriots, they, they run the ball well, yeah. But once again, I don't see the PPR there. Mac Jones, he doesn't throw to running backs that much. You know, his target share, he only threw 3% of his balls, meaning like intentionally to running backs. All the other passes there, according to the next-gen stats and stuff, were, you know, plays breakdown and stuff like that. With, with the Patriots now... Breakdown plays do happen quite a bit, so I can see that there. But once again, similar to that Bijan thing, there's just a lot of guys I'm higher on, and it's, I promise it's not a Patriot bias. You know, I just see a lot of guys that have more opportunities. And for me, he's not number one in the backfield because the Patriots constantly churn running backs. Damian Harris has gone sure, but, you know, they had Jack Jones at cornerback running it last year, taking some carries from him. You know, yeah. and they do have the weather going for him. You know, they play in crappy weather. They play in Buffalo twice in crappy weather. It's going to be ground and pound. New York, yeah. Yeah, you know, they play the Jets and all that kind of stuff. All of that stuff, it's going to be bad weather, so he will get touches there. So more I talk about it, 19 maybe a little bit of a stretch, but alas, he's still there. You know, and then touching yeah. on on Brees Hall, kind of that quick segue, how many weeks is he going to miss? It could be none, but it's an ACL injury on an explosive running back, and how is that going to treat him? You know, it's the same reason why, uh, little sneak peek here, Odell Beckham's not going to be in my top 20 receivers. I mean, that's oh, yeah. probably not too hot of a take, but he's coming off an ACL tear. Yeah. You know, any running back coming off of a crazy injury like that is just going to fall for me. And it's not going to be Brees Hall's fault if he misses games that he's going to be low. You know, yeah. I mean, could you take Brees Hall? Yeah, 100%. And he very well could pay dividends, like you said, in week 8 to 17. But that's eight weeks of the season that you're missing from yeah, having especially him. fantasy football. You know, yeah. And so you miss 
eight, you miss eight weeks and maybe you're RB1 every single day, rest of the rest of the week, and maybe you'd be RB6, 7. I don't see him being RB1. You have Aaron Rodgers. You have a boatload of new weapons. You have Randall Cobb, his boy. He's the dump down guy. Play goes to goes to hell. Randall Cobb's getting the ball, not Brees Hall. I'm you know, a big fan of Garrett Wilson this year, too. Yeah, I... I reluctantly will say that Garrett Wilson, he, he's going to have a good season. Alan Lazard's there, another one of his guys. Now, yeah, Corey Davis did just retire, but you have Delvin Cook, and, you know, he's so agile with getting the ball in the air more so than Brees Hall. So I think the PPR is going to go more towards Dalvin as opposed wow. to Brees. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, I, I have no idea how the target shares are going to play. It could be Brees being the bruiser, the runner. He could get two or three of the carries, and then Dalvin would be the third down back. I have no idea, but right now, just with him being that low, I... I can't put him any higher, you know, and he is a stay away from me. But both of that running back room is, you know, it's not me trying to say, oh, it's just a Jet thing, because I love Dalvin Cook. I really do. He was a guy that even his first year, I drafted him, loved him. He got hurt, he didn't play. I drafted him the next year, he got hurt, didn't play. I drafted him the third year. I drafted him oh. every single year. I love Dalvin Cook. Going to this team, it's a stay away for both from for both of them for me, you yeah. know. And I don't know. That's that's quite the uh, quite the way to end our top ten. You know, when yeah. it gets into that, just with that uh, little bit of the discourse there. But I think when it gets outside of the top 10, that's kind of when things get fun because yes. everything is going to be different. We agreed on, what, Christian McCaffrey, Nick Chubb, and maybe that's it, you know, in the first uh, first little bit there, Saquon Barkley and stuff like that. Yeah. But when it gets here, ESPN has Joe Mixon at 11. Obviously, you know, I said I had uh, Bijan Robinson at 11. Joe Mixon takes a little bit of a tumble for me here. I don't know how you feel about him. Uh, I'll let you go and say uh, say where you have him, but for me, I don't think he's going to be running all that much. So, I have Mixon sitting at 15. Right? Okay. I got him me. I got him at 13. So, we're we're kind of in that same boat. Yeah. Actually, wait a minute. No, I had him at 16. I misread. Mm, there I you had go. Him at 16. Yeah. So, well, we're still right in the same boat. Uh I mean, he's he's the only running back in that backfield and I don't think he's going to get suspended. He just got you know, cleared by a judge the other day for that whole legal issue that was going on. Yeah. And he took a pay cut to stay there. It seemed like he was going to get cut. It seemed like he wasn't going to be with the team. But that offense is high-powered. He is the only running back that, I mean, they don't have Sam J. Pirine anymore. So I just, I don't know. I, I have him at 15 just because last year, if he didn't have that 50, I know you can't sit there and be like, oh, well, if a running back didn't have this week, then he wouldn't be here, you know. Mm-hmm. But if he didn't have that 55-point game last year where he absolutely – and granted, he did have a game where he really didn't play at all, the Bills game with DeMar Hamlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, he was kind of just – he's always – and it might be a sour taste in my mouth because I drafted him years prior, and he really let me down, <laughs> you know. Uh, I mean, he's just – he's been a huge letdown for me. And then last year – he was running back 8, running back 19, running back 41, 14, yeah. 28, yeah. 11, 11, 23. I mean, he's he fluctuates a lot, you know what I mean? Then that 55-point game, running back 1. But then he shot right back down. He was running back 26, 16, 32. Like, he's just all over the place. Mm-hmm. And that is a pass-first offense that lives and dies with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. That I is that born. offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I just... I don't know. I, I'm not very high on him. Uh, I mean, if he's there for his asking price is, you know, right around pick 40. If he falls to me at pick 50, I might 
not. I might, yeah, it, yeah, I might that's not too be rich. So, that's way too rich yeah, for me. Yeah, but you know, right at pick, pick forty. I mean, I, I I'd rather have Aaron Jones than mm-hmm. Joe Mixon, especially in PPR, which is what we're in. I I don't know Joe Mixon. I'm just not a huge fan of him, but he is the number one running back in a high powered offense, so he has to be inside of your top twenty. Uh, yeah, just because. I mean, he's got a history. He he can pull up games like that 55 point, but I do not agree with ESPN at all. Mm-mm, Joe Mixon should not be upwards in the upper echelon of the top 15 at all. I mean, I barely put yeah, him in just my in that top, top 15. Yeah, so. Yeah, he's, he, he's like you said, you know, he's in that offense, and right now there's no one behind him that I can think of. So just. By, uh, by by proxy alone, you know, you have an AFC championship contender in the Bur- in the uh, Bengals. I was going to say in the Burrows, but yeah, it's essentially, you know, Burrow and his weapons there. So yeah. I can see him being there at 12. ESPN has Aaron Jones, who you just touched on. I know you're you're pretty high on, on Aaron Jones. I am, I can talk myself both ways. I have him a lot lower. I have him at 18, uh, which, wow. is, which is pretty low. The only thing that gets me going is the fact that Jordan Love is going to be checking the ball down. You know, that's the biggest thing. And I think he's going to get so many points from Jordan Love that he, he warrants to be in the top 20. You know, he's the top ball carry. The thing that horrifies me about Aaron Jones is he was outtouched by uh, A.J. Dillon. Even when A.J. Dillon had poor games, he started to, we saw it towards the end of the season, he started to take over the ball catching duties. You know, in... I I think that if all goes well and Aaron Jones kind of goes back to what he was like two years ago where he got 75% of the uh, carries and targets, he should be so much higher than I have him. And I would agree with the 12. It's just with A.J. Dillon mooching those carries because I had A.J. Dillon last year and I never knew when to play him because it seems like when I played him, then, you know, he would have like six points. You know, but then as a whole, the team didn't run and, AJ and uh, Aaron Jones would still only have five or six too. You know, and then when I'd bench him, you know, then he'd put up three touchdowns or something like that, and then A.J. Dillon would have the 20 points and, and all that. But he's – you're talking about Joe Mixon being a roller coaster. I mean, that that's Aaron Jones for me as well. You know, and I have, I have Mixon higher because he's in a better offense. I mean, David Bakhtiari, knock on wood, will be healthy again. That is huge for the running game. Absolutely massive. But it's also huge for the passing game. And I think that the Packers, their game plan this year, they're not going to be able to run their way out of games like they did when they had Aaron Rodgers. That's not going to happen. You know, and then also, it's the last year of Jordan Love. You're going to need to extend him after this season. If Aaron Jones is carrying the team, how do you know what you have? You know, so that's the only thing. There's just way too many questions around the Packers for me to rank really any of them very high. And we'll see it the same with the uh, wide receivers there. You know, the only one that I'm thinking about having in my top 20 is Christian Watson. It's a very interesting team that I'm kind of looking at in the Packers here. So, he took a little bit of a tumble for me. Do you have uh, Aaron Jones kind of in that area? And if not, who's your uh, who's your number 12? I'm actually right on par with uh, ESPN for 12 and 13. Um, there you go. For I, I mean, I'm not – I have a flip-flop. So ESPN has Aaron Jones at 12 and Najee Harris at 13. I have Najee Harris at 12 and Aaron Jones at 13. But I can <laughs> definitely flip it because I'm high on Aaron Jones. My thing with Aaron Jones is his Packers offense, like you said, we don't know what they're going to be. But why not – Jordan Love. The Packers have had two decades of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Why not Jordan Love? He sat there and he studied under one of the best, and, you know, he's on the Jets now, and you might hate on him a little bit because you're a Bills fan, but he's one of the best quarterbacks of all time. 
Yeah. He he just is. I mean, he's who got me see, into football. Yeah, and like you can see, he's teaching Zach Wilson just from the clips that we see. He's showing Zach Wilson the game. He's been doing that with Jordan Love for the past what three, three years? years? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I I'm pretty high on Jordan Love. I think I think this Packers offense is honestly going to be better than it was last year because you have a hurt Aaron Rodgers playing a half his game, half Matt LaFleur game, or do you got a healthy Jordan Love playing a full LaFleur offense? I mean, what's really going to be, is, is it really going to be that different? And my thing with Aaron Jones is, Aaron Jones is the most experienced player on that offense. you got a lot of sophomore wide receivers. you got a young A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon, I think, is going to be a stud in his career, maybe for a year or two. Uh, it sucks that he's in Green Bay right now. He's not going to get the target share that he needs if he goes to a different place like Tampa Bay. Uh, I think he'll be great. Um, but Aaron Jones, I mean, I think he's going to be that safety net. I think he's going to be a huge focal point of that offense. And, like, yeah, he was up and down last year, but he was 15 points a game at PPR, which I think warrants him being right around where I have him at 13 rank. I mean, he finished at running back number nine last year. He hasn't shown it. I mean, I think I think that at the beginning of his career, he was the discount of Kamara. You know what I mean? Like I said, for Jameer Gibbs. Yeah. I think him and Jameer Gibbs show – I mean, they have similar skill sets and stuff like that. Um but I just think, I don't know, why not Aaron Jones? I mean, I'm not going to be mad if I have Aaron Jones as a running back <laughs> in fantasy football. Uh, he's going to be a huge part of this offense. And, yeah, you want to see what Jordan Love has. But at the same time, you also want to be able to see Jordan Love make the smart play and check it down when he needs to. And mm-hmm. I just think Aaron Jones is way more explosive than A.J. Dillon, especially with catching the ball being on the outside. A.J. Dillon is a good up-and-down runner. But I think Aaron Jones is going to be a huge focal point in that offense. That's why I have him at 13, which kind of agrees with ESPN. And then ESPN, Najee Harris, I have him at 12. Honestly, the more I talk about it, I might switch those two. Najee Harris, I mean... Yeah, I want to hear your not, thoughts on Najee Harris. Yeah, Najee Harris, he's Najee Harris. I mean, he's he's a good running back. Last year, he was battling some injury. I, I mean, I know he played the entire season. But I was a Najee Harris fantasy owner last year, and I was keeping up I'm with him a lot. And I knew, yeah, he was he was battling a lot of injury the entire year, and he still had a few really good weeks. Uh, he never really got more than twenty rushing attempts, mm-hmm. but his receiving upside is what really helped him. And I know Najee Harris. I like Jalen Warren all day over Najee Harris, and I was making that comparison earlier. But the Steelers haven't shown that they're going to go with Jalen Warren. They haven't said anything in camp. Yeah, he's been impressive, but I still think Najee Harris is their guy for the time being. I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Warren kind of took over towards the end of the season. Uh, But for right now, we've seen Najee Harris. Uh, I just, if he's healthy, I think he can be really, he's kind of similar. I think Jameer Gibbs is better. That's why I have Jameer Gibbs at 11, but I think he's got a similar skill set to Jameer Gibbs. I think Jameer Gibbs just excels at the skill set over Najee Harris. Mm -hmm. Uh, but Najee Harris, I, I mean, I'm probably not going to draft him this year. Um, but I agree. I wouldn't be mad at people who do because I do think that he has top 15 running back potential, yeah. especially me ranking him at 12. I think he's going to be a middle of the pack guy. He's going to get his catches. He's going to get the goal line work. But I don't know. I do think I switch him and Aaron Jones right now. Yeah, and that that's 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 interesting. You know, for the 12 and 13, uh, I know uh, you know. ESPN has uh, 
you know, Aaron Jones and then Najee Harris, you have them interchanged. I had Joe Mixon down at 13. Uh, the one that I didn't get, you know, my 12 is, it's probably a little bit of a shot in the dark here, but I'm hoping you uh, you kind of see the, uh, the reasoning behind this. I have uh, DeAndre Swift. And on ESPN, he's... Whoa. Really? Yeah. Really? He, All right, I'll go, I want to hear. I want to hear what you have yeah, to say. Yeah, he's not ranked in the top twenty by ESPN. You know, he doesn't show up on their ranking until twenty nine wow. on a run heavy offense. And this kind of goes back to our quarterback ranking conversation. Who's going to be running the ball less? Jalen Hurts. Who else is going to be not running the ball for them anymore? Miles Sanders. They're both not there. DeAndre Swift, say what you want about last year with Jamal Williams being a beast in the red zone and all those incredible speeches and stuff like that. He won the locker room over DeAndre Swift, and I think that that's a huge reason as to why he got more of those touches. You know, I'm not saying that, oh my goodness, they liked him, so they're going to give him more touches. He was a great player. You know, he really was. He's going to do great things for your Saints. You know, he really was. I love the guy. You know, seeing him in the media and stuff like that, practices and stuff, where he trades, like, yeah. autographs for, like, Pokemon cards and stuff like that. Yeah, Absolutely awesome. love it. You know, he's, he's so cool. But DeAndre Swift, two years ago, he was a top 10 running back. You know, PPR, he, he was incredible. He had huge games. He was explosive. And he, he really did so much for the Lions offense before they had someone behind him when they didn't have a good offensive line. You know, so now he's going to the best offensive line in the league with a team that I agree. I think Jalen Hurts is going to run the ball less. I think so. And yeah, they have Rashad Penny. You know, I think that that's that, that's a cool story and stuff too. But Rashad Penny, I don't know. I think he and DeAndre Swift are going to be battling it out, and they are my new kind of dynamic duo here with the Kareem Hunt and wow. uh, maybe discount Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb because neither of them is really Nick Chubb. I think that Rashad Penny is going to be the ball carrier, the bulk of the ball carrier. And I think Kareem Hunt's going to steal a, like, or not Kareem Hunt, DeAndre Swift is going to be the Kareem Hunt, you know, and he's yeah. going to steal a lot of those carries and those targets and stuff like that. So it's interesting. He's another one of my uh, dark horses here. I'm very high on him. Now, would I take him at 12? No. I, it, it, do I, would I take him as the 12th best running back? This is merely a projection to try and fulfill my little dark horse uh, yeah. prediction here, but I think he can end up there. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's uh, if he's not ranked for you, like if you don't have him in the top. That, uh, that kind of checks out for me, probably not in the top 20. I know it's a complete shot in the dark here on uh, on my end. It's, it's a bit of an interesting one, but he was just something to kind of put there, you know, and yeah. it's, a, it's a weird yeah. one. In the ten-man league, you can get DeAndre Swift in about the seventh round. Uh, so, I mean, for you, him being one of your dark horses, that might be someone you target. And go ahead, because mm-hmm. I'm not touching anyone <laughs> in that Philadelphia backfield. No. And a lot of that is because, yeah, you say that Jalen Hurts might not run as much, but he had the most designed run plays for him out of any quarterback, even Justin Fields. He is basically a running back and a quarterback, Jalen Hurts. I mean, he's like, I heard, I was listening to a podcast today and I heard the analogy that he is the Steph Curry of football. Steph Curry came in and realized, I just have to be good at shooting threes and layups. What does Jalen Hurts do? Throws deep balls to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and runs the ball. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he literally shoots threes and lays it up. So, I mean, I my thing is, yeah... Will he maybe run less a little bit? But all the reports out of camp have been all about Kenneth Gainwell. I mean, people are going crazy about this guy, and 
people have been raving about him for years, and now he's finally going to get his chance. I think that he's going to actually probably steal some of the receiving targets from DeAndre Swift. And DeAndre Swift, is he an elite talent? I think he is. I think he's an amazing talent, but I just don't think he's going to have the target share that he requires to be a top 20 running back. Rashad Penny, he'll be injured by week two. Not really worried about that. <laughs> but I think that we're going to see yeah. I think that we're going to see Gainwell kind of take over that backfield. And I wouldn't even be surprised. The way that the Philadelphia Eagles are constructed, I wouldn't even be surprised. Is, is Boston Scott still on that team? I think he is. I wouldn't even be surprised yeah. if he got a touchdown. Only so, against the Giants. Only against the Giants. <laughs> only against He's the like Giants, a freaking but... werewolf, man. He comes out <laughs> against the Giants, puts up 50 <laughs> fantasy points, and leaves. That's what I'm saying. So it's like that team is just really weird, and they have a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah. And my only thing is they're going to be playing with a lead and going into the fourth quarter line. If you take A.J. Brown and De- Devontae Smith at the end of the season last year, the last, I think it was the last, like, seven weeks, if you just take their performances from the first to the third quarter and match it up against every wide receiver, number one ranked wide receiver aj brown number two Devonte smith just wow. in the first three quarters when you put that fourth quarter in they don't play because they have leads they are a great football team so they run the ball in the fourth quarter that's why we saw do... we, that's why we saw so much Gardner Minshew last year you know yes yeah but that's what i'm saying is like that fourth quarter comes they're not going to be throwing out of the backfield to deandre swift they're going to be running over with rashad penny they're going to be throwing it to Dallas Goddard. They're going to be doing God knows what to just kill the time because they're winning by 20 points. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I can definitely see his upside there if Rashad Penny gets hurt and then they don't go with game well. I can definitely see DeAndre Swift being incredible, and we've seen close in the preseason already. He looks great. Uh, so I can definitely see where you're coming from there, but do I agree with it? Not necessarily because yeah. where did you say you had him again? I had him at 12. 12? Yeah. I, I, I can't see him over – I mean, especially like an Aaron Jones who's going to have the target share. But mm-hmm. I definitely see if Rashad kind of gets hurt, I can see him inside of my top 20 for sure. Yeah. And that's usually a good thing. And now a lot of the next couple names, you know, from really 14 down to 20 are names that we've already touched on, you know, depending on how they are, whether we're higher or lower on them in our rankings and stuff like that. So after this, uh, we're going to take a quick short break and then we'll get right into that. We'll give our top 20s, our top stayaways and stuff like that. And I'll kind of drop uh, one of the names that I haven't listed yet that I think is going to kind of kick us off here. You know, so once again, we'll take a quick break here uh, and we'll catch you guys on the other side. Perfect. Yeah, so we are back here with the uh, last little bit kind of going through them. You know, I know we, uh, we kind of touched on how a lot of these last 20, I'm going to run through them really, really quickly and then we'll give our own. I'm excited to hear what you have. You know, I know we talked about it a little bit in that in the break there, you know, about uh, number 18. I'm going to check and see there. But we went over a couple of these names already when it comes down to uh, like 14 through through 20. They have Ramondre Stevenson at 14. I know you were a little bit higher on him at uh, 9. I had him at 19. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, once again, at 15, you had him right around there, right? Uh, I had him at 11. You had him at, what did you have him at, 7? At 7, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, wow. Once again, we're both a little bit higher on him. Uh, Kenneth Walker, that's a new name, at 16. He's right there. Uh, he's in my top 20. James Conner, it's an interesting one. He's at 17th by ESPN. Uh, we'll, we'll touch on him in a little bit. Alexander Madison, also from Minnesota, you know, taking over for Dalvin Cook at 18. They have your guy Brees Hall at 19 there, even despite missing a couple of weeks, which is pretty cool because Dalvin Cook doesn't come up until 26. So I think that they're kind of on the uh, 
same line of thought as you uh, when it comes to Brees Hall. And then 20, yeah. really out of, out, of the, out, of, out of nowhere name, you know, Rashad White for Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously, you know, they, he's the uh, kind of the next running back up going here with a couple of things there. So uh, let, let's hear Let's hear your, uh, you know, kind of 14 through uh, through 20 here, and we'll touch on some of them there. I'm, I'm ready for 18. Yeah, so 14, I have Etienne. We went over that mm-hmm. earlier. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I wasn't too high on him. But 15, uh, they have Jameer Gibbs. I have Walker. Uh, they have Kenneth Walker at 16. I have him at 15. Um, I was a lot lower on Walker until this past week um, mm-hmm. because I was really high on Zach Charbonnet, uh, that rookie that they drafted out of UCLA. I think he's a hard runner, and I was really thinking that he was going to steal a lot of target share from Kenneth Walker, especially later in the season. But they've come out and they've basically said that Kenneth Walker is their guy and he's going to get the targets. Yep, and, and I have him at 15, same as you. Yeah, yeah, so I'm a lot higher on him. Uh, Kenneth Walker, I... I mean, he's he's a great running back. I, I can definitely see him finishing higher than 15. Um, I mean, last year, his rookie year, he balled out, especially towards, you know, the middle of the year. Towards the end of the year, he didn't do as well. But, I mean, this year, I could definitely see him being, you know, top 12. But I have him right at, right at 15 just because I do, I do think that Zach Charbonnet is still going to take away some of that target share, especially around the goal line later in the season. But... Uh, yeah, I was. I didn't have him inside my top eighteen until just this past week. But yeah, now he's climbed up to fifteen. Now that he's their guy, and I think he's a talented, talented running back. Especially with Penny out of the mix. Yep, one hundred percent. Yeah, let's see. Who do you have at uh, who's at sixteen? Sixteen. Uh, we went over it. I have Joe Mixon. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's right. Yep. Yeah, not too high on him. Uh, seventeen. I have Damian Pierce, who they actually have. At, at 21, 21. Correct? I know, I know. They have him at 21, which is a little weird, I think, because Damian Pierce, he's the workhorse back in that backfield right now and on an awful team. And, yeah, Devin Singletary's there, but he's not going to be a thorn in the side of Damian Pierce. I mean, he's not going to take away anything. Damian Pierce has shown that he can be that workhorse back, especially last season uh, before he got injured. I mean, he was running back 10, running back 5, running back 11, then he was still top 20, 19, 20, 13. So I think it warrants him being where I have him, uh, right at running back 17. Uh, I I think he's going to have a great year this year, especially with a inexperienced, unproven quarterback, uh, C.J. Stroud. Um, I don't know. Damian Pierce, I think he's going to be a good running back. At 18, I have, this is the one, Alvin Kamara. And yeah, 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 you have yeah, to have him there. Yeah, coming from I have Saints him at fan, 20. Okay, yeah, so we're we're in the same ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alvin Kamara, I'm I'm trying not to be too much of a Saints, you know, lover here. Um, I know he's suspended the first three games, but I there was a really 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 great article by a beat writer Nick Underhill who I actually follow a lot because I'm a Saints fan, so I'm always following what's going on in camp, always following what's going on with my team's players. I say my team, us NFL fans, were delusional, but I mean, I don't not a part of the team or anything like that, but I feel like I am because I put so much time and my life into them. Uh, but Alvin Kamara, he, his left leg was two pounds lighter than his right leg. Right. And yeah, they, he, he, Alvin Kamara said that he wasn't explosive last year. And then he went and he saw this exercise scientist and they figured out that there was an imbalance in his legs. They fixed that with his training and his dieting and, now, I mean, he's got the numbers to prove that he is more explosive than he was before he had this 
you know, fix going on. And then they took his heart rate. So after he blew off like a 30-yard run or something like that, his heart rate would spike as everyone's would. And as soon as he got back to the huddle, his heart rate, his heart rate would dramatically decrease like to where he's sitting on a couch. Right? So he'd be like gassed as soon as he gets back to the huddle. So they fixed that through his diet and his cardio. And now he feels like more athletic, more agile than he did. He stated that he feels more explosive, more agile than he did even last year. Like he feels younger. So I don't know. Alvin Kamara, I can 100% see him sitting at 11 for me. Uh, I mean, I, I yeah, I think he can have a big year. I know he's spending the first three games, which is definitely going to hurt him, but mm-hmm. I think he's going to come back and be great. I don't know, but... Even with the touchdown just, stealer? Yeah, Jamal I know Williams. that's my only thing. Yeah, that's that's why, because we have Jamal Williams now, and, you know, that offense... I think the Saints offense is going to be better than a lot of people give him credit for, especially if they have a really weak schedule this year. Uh, I think we have, like, if not one of the top four weakest schedules in the entire NFL just because we've played the Falcons twice, the Panthers twice, the Buccaneers twice, and all those teams suck. I mean, the Saints don't really play a hard team almost at all this year. Uh, I think we faced Jacksonville, which with Trevor Lawrence, that's probably our hardest game all year. But I don't know. I think Alvin Kamara can have a good year. My only thing is we have to see because their offense last year, they didn't throw to Kamara at all. And I know that Derek Carr has a better history of checking down to running backs. But at the same time, there's a lot of mouths to feed on that Saints offense. If Michael Thomas can stay healthy, which I know he's played, what, he's missed 30 games over the past three years, you know, yeah. three years or something like that, or missed 40 games or something like that, some crazy. Uh, so I don't know if he'll stay healthy, but if he does stay healthy, they got to feed him. they got to feed Chris Olave. You know what I mean? Chris Olave is going to be a stud this year. Uh, Juwan Johnson, Taysom Hill, I, they have a pretty decent core that they have to feed, and I don't know. So we'll see. I have him at 18. I think that's a respectable spot to put him. It's higher than ESPN has him. It's higher than almost anywhere else has him, and maybe that's just because I'm a Saints fan, but I have him at 18. 19, I have Sanders. I think he's going to be great this year. Uh, he's going into Carolina. They paid him. They want him there, and especially with an inexperienced quarterback, and like not that. really great wide receivers either. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that Miles Sanders is going to have a great year. I have him he, at 17. I like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He finished up, you know, running back number 15 last year in PPR, and that was with Jalen Hurts stealing touches from him. So but Kenny Gainwell and, and um, yeah, yeah, all of them, you know, so yeah, I can so completely on that really Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to excel this year in 19. Maybe that's a little too low for him. I, I could see him over Pierce, but, I mean, he's going to have a good season. 20. I have Alexander Madison. Uh, it's his backfield now. He's shown that he can do it. He hasn't shown that he can do it over an entire season, though, which is why I think a lot of people who are going to reach for him are caught up in that. Um, you haven't seen it over an entire season. You've seen glimpses, but there's a reason that he was number two behind Dalvin Cook. Um, it's kind of like the Khalil Herbert type thing that's going yeah. on. There's a reason he was number two behind David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't seen it over an entire season. We've seen it in flashes. I don't know if he can sustain it. I mean, it's kind of like I think he is in a similar situation to Tony Pollard where he's shown it, but Tony Pollard has been more efficient and shown it more. So I don't know. Alexander Madison is rounding on my top 20, and then I'm going to sneak in 21 real quick just because they, ESPN, as in they, 
They have him at 17. I have him at 21, James Conner. James Conner, people, a lot of people are sleeping on James Conner. Yeah, James Conner, he's I think people are sleeping on the Cardinals as opposed to James Conner. I agree. I agree. People are sleeping on the Cardinals. He finished his running back 19 last year. Why can't he do it again? I mean, he's the workhorse running back in that offense. Um, I mean, I don't know. Even last year, last year he, he played great. I mean, he had a lot of weeks. 10 points a week, 20 points a week. He had 130 the season before that. He was 10 points a week. So, I don't know. He's a good flex option if you can get him. Yeah. Uh, but I have him at 21 just because I – I mean, without Kyler Murray, they're going to need someone to kind of fuel that offense, and they can't just rely on Hollywood Brown on the outside all the time. Uh, so, I think James Conner is going to be that guy. If he stays healthy, I think he's going to get the touchdowns. I think he's going to get the rushing – He's a really ugly running back and boring, but he's good. So I yeah. have him at 21. Yeah, I, I like those. And that's the thing. Once you get down to anything past 15, and I feel like it goes for anything, you're just splitting hairs. You know, it's personal yeah. preference for a lot of yeah. these things. So, you know, mine from there, you know, we went over 13 being Joe Mixon for me. Uh, 14, a guy that I think is being really slept on because of injuries, Javante Williams. You know, and so. I like that. I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I like that a lot. I loved this guy. You know, yes. um, what, what his rookie season, he's ridiculous. You know, in Good Morning Football, you know, I mean, he had the angry runs and stuff like that. He's breaking tackles and stuff. Russell Wilson, you know, they're preaching how he's going to be more conservative and he's not going to be as, as stupid with the football. You know, Javante Williams is going to benefit. You know, he doesn't have Latavius Murray there anymore. He's the guy. They have a good offensive line. Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, and um, playing on his name, Tim Patrick, they all got hurt already. You know, yeah. in camp, you know, Jerry yeah, Judy is going to miss. Yeah, about Jerry Judy, too, because that just happened five hours ago. Yeah, yeah, he's he's missing a lot. He's going to miss at least several weeks with another yeah. hamstring injury. I know. They big need booty something. booty Jerry Judy. Yeah, big booty Judy, baby. <laughs> you know, and they, they just need somebody. You know, so I have Javante right there. He, he's kind of a bounce-back player, at, le- at least for I me. Like uh, a lot. For me coming this season, had to go deep in the bag. You know, Kenneth I Walker, have it 15. I know we, we, uh, we synced up on that one, which is cool. Uh, Miles Sanders, we touch on him. I have him at 17. Aaron Jones and Ramondre Stevenson, I have at 18 and 19. I know that that's a really uh, interesting take there. You know, you're 13 and 9, <laughs> you know, yeah. so a little different. And then uh, your guy, Alvin Kamara, I have him at 20. He's got to crack this. Okay. You know, even if he's missing three games, he has a uh, dump off Derek thrown to him now. So we already know he's going to get some. Uh, we already know he's like going to get name. some of those. Uh, I like that name, dump those, off Derek. <laughs> you know, Derek dump off, whatever you want to call him, you know, so. <laughs> He's going to get some there. I think the biggest thing that, uh, once again, it's it's just another shot. And this is kind of transitioning into some of my uh, dark horses here. I know I listed uh, Jameer Gibbs, Javante Williams. He was one of mine, uh, another one of them there. But James Cook, I have him at 16. And once again, I, I don't want to say it's a homer pick, but I, I know it's going to look like that because, you know, I had Josh Allen at number one as well for my quarterbacks. But I think he needs to be on this list. Naheem Hines got hurt. You know, and I know a lot of people are like, hey, you know, whatever, it's okay. He's just receiving back, but that's it. He's a receiving back, you know, so you're taking some of that there. Latavius Murray, I don't really care what you say about him. He was good with the Saints. He was not good with the Broncos, and he's not going to be that great with the Bills. They love James Cook in, in preseason, you know, and, and in training camp. And a lot of the things that are coming out here from, like, NY Up and stuff like that, a lot of the Bills articles is James Cook, James Cook, James Cook. They're throwing it down our throats, you know. Yeah. And Ken Dorsey said he wants to run the ball. I know that Josh Allen is smart enough to take those dump-offs. James Cook is going to get something. You know, he will. He's much more agile than Singletary. And I got to be honest, I'm not the biggest advocate for James Cook here. 
you know, and a lot of people, I need to tell a lot of my friends and stuff that I see at work, you know, and a lot of my trainers and stuff like that. And you say, Hey, he's not going to be that great. Okay. And I'm, I'm kind of trying to quell it a little bit here, but I guess it's kind of getting to me. Maybe James Cook fever. I love what he did in preseason. You know, he, there was a, uh, the return of the red and blue, you know, the, the bills practice that they have and James Cook is explosive, man. It's just, it's just upside at this point, you know, kind of, yeah. kind of throwing him in there. So I have him as, as one of my breakout players as well. And I, so I know I already said, I also have him at 16. So, you know, my dark horses, I had Jameer Gibbs, James Cook, uh, Javante Williams. You touched on Alexander Madison. That's a guy that I have. He was always just reliable for me. When Delvin Cook would get injured, he was a, uh, he was like the, what do you want to call him? A chain, a chain link or like a couple, just this is the running back that you take with him. You know, the security blanket handcuff. just in case. Yeah, your handcuff. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Thank you. He was great. You know, he'd always get maybe 15, 16 points. He caught the ball well. He ran the ball well. He's solid. He could very well break out and be a top player. You know, he, yeah. he, he could be. And that's a cool thing about him. So I definitely think that he's at least on the list of dark horses because, in my opinion, do I think he's going to be the top running back? No. But he's going to be potentially in my top 15 by the season's end, depending on how he is just with his usage. You know, Kirk Cousins, he checks the ball down as much as I like him, as much as I like him, you know, so there's that. The last one, you and I talked about this guy. I'm curious if he's on your dark horses as well. Uh, Devon Akani or Acne, Akane, Akane, the Miami Dolphins rookie running back. Yeah. You yeah. Know, Devin uh, Akane. He's, he's not on mine, but uh, I definitely see why he's on yours. Uh, I like him a lot. A, yeah, I think it's I, I think it's pronounced A-Chain. A-Chain? I believe. Yeah. That's kind Devon of badass. A-Chain. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's an even better way to say it, you know, but yeah. they have Raheem Mostert. I like Raheem Mostert. He's fast. Yeah. That's it. We'll wait till week four when he pulls his hamstring or something like that. You yeah. know, something like that. And as long as they don't get uh, Jonathan Taylor, which is why he's on my dark horses and not on my potential top 20, I don't think I'd be that uh, that bold with it there. But he's impressing in camp. He's fast. He's agile. He has the tools. And, yeah, it sucks to put him there as a uh, Miami Dolphin, but I have to. So g- give me some, yeah. of your, uh, some of your dark horses here. I'm excited to hear. So Devon Achan, I don't have him as one of my dark horses, but I definitely would take him as a late round flyer. Like mm-hmm. if you're trying to shoot a dart, and if you're in the, I mean, we have a really deep league for for a ten man league. I mean, we're playing double flex, we're playing nine bench players. Uh, so so a lot of our league comes down to the draft. Um, there's not going to be too many players on the waiver wire week to week. Um, Devon Achan might be one of those guys though. But if you're looking for someone to throw a dart at, at the end of the draft. He's one of those guys. I completely agree with you on James Cook. I'm not going to put him inside of my top 20. I understand. Because, I completely understand that. Yeah, just because he's going, like, his ADP, he's going in a 10-man league mid-ninth round. You know what I mean? 12-man mm-hmm. league, you're looking at eighth round for James Cook. Um, yeah. But uh, to put him inside of my top 20 would mean I would have to take him over guys like Sanders, Madison, which I won't do. You know what I mean? I just, because... Yeah, yeah I get that. Yeah, the, the stuff out of camp has been great, and he is running solely with the ones right now. But you also forget, they have Latavius Murray. That guy is going to steal goal line touches. Latavius Murray, that's what he does. He played for the Saints. I saw him do that for the Saints. He played. He did it for Denver. I mean, everywhere he goes, he's a reliable goal line back. He did it in Baltimore. Um, he's That's just who he is. He's getting a lot of the goal line reps. Damian Harris, I'm not too worried about him. He's injured. Yeah. Um, and the elephant but, in the room, Josh Allen. Yeah, Carey, and that's, that's my thing, too, is that Bills offense, I know they want to run more, and I know Josh Allen's talking about how he wants to run less, but I... Yeah, he says that every James year. Cook. Yeah, James Cook is going to get, you know, some out of the backfield, is going to get some of those passes, those dump-offs, and he'll be able to take it. He's an explosive player, 
do I think that he's a serviceable, you know, second flex? Yes. But when it comes down to the running back rankings, I can't put him up there just because that offense is so geared towards Josh Allen throwing the ball, especially when they go out and they take and they trade up for a guy like Kincaid. Uh, and, you know, I know rookie tight ends are hard to rely on, and I'm not telling anyone to have Kincaid as a tight end one at all mm-hmm. just because if you do, you might find yourself on the waiver wire every single week looking for a tight end <laughs> just because that's the nature of the beast. I mean, Josh Allen's got Stephon Diggs, who requires a lot. Gabe Davis, Babe Davis, he's supposed to have a great year this year, and I know he said he disappointed last year. People, and he people with the name year. Gabriel, you know, they just stand out. Honestly, like, honestly. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. They're pretty but good at the everything is, they do. He, he caught 50% of his passes last year. You can't get worse than that. He's catching everything in camp now. He's got James Cook. So, I mean, he's he's going to – James Cook is going to get his. Um, do I have him in my top 20? No, but I, do I have him as one of my dark horses? 100%. I have Khalil Herbert as well. Okay. Uh, yep. We've seen it from him, and I, I'm big on Roshan Johnson, which is his backup, I think, at the end of this season. Roshan Johnson might be fighting for that starting, and I know Deontay Foreman's there too, and uh, they, they, they have a committee back there, but oh, yeah. Cleo Herbert, I think that he'll show when he can pull away. I mean, am I wrong? There's a good chance. It's, it's probably like, you know, 53-47 that I'm right or wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you never know. Yeah, so, but I mean, I, I wouldn't mind taking a, rate, a late round shot at him. Uh, Cleo Herbert, he can, he can be a dark horse for me. I also have Javante Williams. I agree with you on that. I really like that. Javante Williams, he's going to be a stud, and they got some on J.P. Ryan just to help when Javante Williams is coming back from his injury mm-hmm. uh, because he got injured last year, and I don't know if he's going to be back week one. Sean Payne's saying that he will, but I don't know. Uh, Sean Payne has a tendency to like two running back committees. Uh, look back to Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. You know what I mean? Reggie Bush, Pierre Thomas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Reggie Bush, Deuce McAllister. So, uh, I don't know. He he likes that, like, uh, that boom and, you know, speed type of running back, which he's got Javante Williams and Simon J.P. Ryan. Javante Williams is going to have a huge role. He's going to get a lot of points. Running backs typically do when it's Sean Payton offense. Uh, so, I like that a lot. He's one of my dark horses. One of my other dark horses, we haven't talked about him. Antonio Gibson. He's oh, got Eric, yeah, yeah. That's a good yeah, one there. Yeah. He's got Eric Bieniemy as an offensive coordinator. And what did Eric Bieniemy do in Kansas City? He had Jarek McKinnon. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, why can't Antonio Gibson be that? Jarek McKinnon took a lot of people to the fantasy championship last year, especially with the and, – and I know a lot of it was the touchdowns. But Antonio Gibson is an athlete. And I wouldn't be surprised if with Eric Bieniemy's mind – Antonio Gibson used to be a wide receiver in college. He came to the NFL and had to make the transition to running back. I, why don't they – I mean, I, we might see some with him in the slot, you know what I mean, especially with Terry McLaurin just going down the other day and getting hurt, and it was his ankle. Mm-hmm. Ankles are hard to come back from, especially as a wide receiver. He might not be as explosive. I'm high on John Donson, but Antonio Gibson, he's one of my sleepers. I like Brian Robinson as well. Brian Robinson's kind of like the ugly – you know, stepchild, but he's going to get a lot of the carries. That's, that's, I mean, he's the boring running back. He's, he's Hell the, of a story there. Yeah. Brian Robinson, he's, he's going to be 10 points a game. Maybe. Uh, I mean, he's, he's going to get the touches. He's going to be the running back, but Antonio Gibson's going to be that third down running back. I think Antonio Gibson just has a higher skill set. 
than Brian Robinson. That's why he's one of my sleepers. Mm-hmm. If I'm see him in a draft later on, up filling out my bench, I might take him just because who knows he could be something. And then my last dark horse is Jalen Warren. Uh, like I said, I think that he's going to oh, challenge Najee Harris at the end of the season for that top running back spot in Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, those are all those are all great, and that might be a good um, kind of a good transition point into a little bit of the stayaways slash what I mentioned about how I think this might be uh, a little a little crazy too. And I know that you know a lot a lot of my my takes they have been a little little off the chain, but uh, Najee Harris he's not in my top twenty, and it's different. You know, I, I I don't have him that high because I love Jalen Warren and I hate how much Najee Harris has let me down. You know, every single week, you know, hearing about, oh my goodness, this guy embodies Pittsburgh. Sure. You know, he has such a great story. Yeah. Is he a good football player? I don't know. And I haven't seen it yet. You know, and he had so much hype coming into it. So it could just be a letdown from all the hype. I don't know if I can put him in my top 20, and maybe he will finish there just because he's one of the top running backs on a team. You know, but Kenny Pickett needs to be throwing the ball. You know, he, he bottom line, he has to. The Steelers need to throw the ball to win games. Do they have a good defense to play ball control? Yeah. Do they have a good offense to score points? Not really. You know, that George Pickens, Kenny Pickett, his second year, they're going to want to get him throwing the ball and stuff like that. So Najee Harris, he's actually one of my stayaways. I had him at 21, which is okay. very, very low there. And then, you know, another yeah. one that you said um, – Going through, I know I touched on Delvin Cook and Brees Hall as my stayaways as well. Kind of, kind of in between there. We we talked about that earlier. Najee Harris in my second. Um, you said Damian Pierce. I have him as a stayaway as well. He is. Wow. He was a good player for me last year. He was one of those guys. He he reminded me a little of Nick Chubb in the beginning because he was a pure runner. You know, and as he went on and on and on, he started picking up some some more cheeky yards through the air. I don't want to say Devin Singletary scares me. But the thing, I had Damian Pierce in my top 20. What scared the hell out of me is how much he's playing this late into preseason. The dude's getting 15, 20 touches. He's playing into the third and fourth quarter of games here. I don't like that a lot. You know, that's not promising, especially not with these uh, last preseason games coming up. If you play in these last ones, you're getting cut. I mean, outside of the teams that are, you know, the Jets are playing Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that. If you play in these last games, they don't care if you get hurt. They don't care if you're tired. You know, every single person, every single... 27 people that'll probably suit up for this game is auditioning for the XFL, you know, the, the CFL or God forbid a practice squad team. Yeah. Just, just like that. Tape out. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're building their own resume, you know, and usually that's honestly where you see a lot of pretty interesting games and like funny comebacks and stuff like that. But yeah, Damien Pierce playing this long scares the hell out of me. Did I like him? I yeah. He kind of fell off towards the end of last year and I know he got hurt and stuff like that, but Rex Burkhead, you know, he steps up. You know, I mean, Devin Singletary, I, I can tear him down for, for being kind of a disappointment, I guess, on the Buffalo Bills there. I do have a sweater, hoodie, jersey of him, though, so I guess it can't be too harsh. But they're going to be splitting targets. Singletary played a lot less than Damien, Damien Pierce, which makes me think that Damien Pierce is the odd man out here. You know, so, oh, crazy. I don't, I, I don't think he's going to get cut or anything like that. He'll still be on the team. It's a little, uh, little off-putting for me. Uh, James Conner, I also have him on my stayaways. But once again, that's just... I hate the Cardinals. I cannot stand them. They're yeah. so bad this year. They would. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised, and I've said this a lot, if they have the first and second overall picks here because they have you know their pick, which probably be number one, and then they have the uh, Texans pick, which one or two. So he's yeah. there. But my biggest one, this is a name that we haven't touched on yet, Isaiah Pacheco. I do have him I, on my uh, on my stayaways. Chiefs, okay. 
honestly, like I said, their entire offense is a stay away outside of Mahomes and Kelsey. Clyde really? Edwards Hilaire. Well, I mean, I, I just don't trust much of their team. You know, it, what about it's, Sky Moore? Seven catches last year. I mean, he kind of registered that year. We'll get into that more in the wide receiver rankings. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, we'll that, get into that'll that be an interesting one. Maybe maybe I'm showing my hand a little bit for there, but yeah, he's not he's not on mine. <laughs> um, but I mean Isaiah Pacheco, same sort of thing. He's he will run the ball. He'll be okay. You know, I mean, who else do they have? They have um, McKinnon, correct? He was taking the bulk of the carries in the Super Bowl too. He's the pass yep. catcher. You know, Isaiah Pacheco. Yep. Oh man, you're gonna hear everyone say, "Oh, he fights hard. He runs hard. Cool." That's does what everyone he, says. Does he win? Does he produce? That's what I care about. You know, and he didn't yeah. finish in the top running back last year. So it's a little little worrisome when I see people like, oh, my goodness, they're trading Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They're looking to trade him. So Isaiah Pacheco is going to be wide open. Edwards-Hilaire is a bona fide scrub. Okay. Yeah. I said it last time. I'll say it again. Not I cannot stand the pick just because, you know, when the Chiefs won the Super Bowl and then they pick him like they have that leisure to pick him. He's not a good running back. You know, he's just not. So I don't say Isaiah Pacheco. It's not so much a uh, – oh my goodness, he's going to get worse. It's more of a, it's going to be the same. He's still going to be splitting with Jarek McKinnon. He's still the runner, not the catcher. So the people that are like, oh my goodness, you know, I'm going to draft him high. You know, hold off. You know, he's going on average in the eighth or ninth round in the hundreds. Just keep yep. it that way. You know, I see a lot of people like, oh, you know, he's, he's a fifth or sixth round sleeper for me. Whoa, <laughs> slow down yeah. there. You know, yeah, take some guy down. like Chris Godwin. Or, you know, maybe yeah. a Gabe Davis in the fifth round as opposed to an Isaiah Pacheco. So that's it for me. But, uh, yeah, yeah lo- love to hear some of yours. See, just to touch on uh, Pacheco, I don't know. I'm not as low on him as you are. I mean, towards the end of last year when he kind of took over as the starting running back, he was averaging around, you know, 12 points a game, which really isn't too bad if you're going to put him, like, in a double flex league, if you're mm-hmm. going to put him in that second flex spot. He was getting about 15 carries a game, and you were right, he wasn't getting any receptions. And the only thing is, with that Chiefs offense, they're going to be putting up, you know, uh, what, 35 points a game? You know what I mean? That's just what that Chiefs offense is. So to get a piece of that Chiefs offense, I'm not, like, I'm, I'm not, I agree with you. I would stay away from Pacheco if you're looking to have him in your starting lineup. But if you're looking as a late-round flyer, I really wouldn't mind just because a piece of that Chiefs offense means potential scoring. And it pans out to be something, he pans out to be something. But my stayaways. I agree with you on Dalvin Cook. Stay mm-hmm. away from Dalvin Cook. I'm all in on Brees Hall if he's there for you to take. Stay away from Najee Harris. I already talked mm-hmm. about both of them. Stay away from Joe Mixon. I already yeah. talked oh, about yeah. him. I got, yeah. some, I got some big names in my stay aways. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm also, I mean, for me personally, Travis Etienne's a stay away. I'm going to stay away from okay. him. Uh, I already talked about that. But he's Rashad so Penny, boomer bust. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, he is. But Rashad Penny is uh, definitely a stay away for me. I'm Okay. Yeah, I don't want any piece of the Rashad Penny pie. I'd then let me ask, is it, is it more because of, oh, hey, DeAndre Swift, let's go, I'd rather, let's go. Baby. I'd rather have DeAndre Swift if I had to choose one. And then one of my other big stayaways, uh, going to rub some people the wrong way because some people are expecting a good, healthy season from J.K. Dobbins. Stay away from J.K. Dobbins. I, he yeah. has not done oh, anything yeah. his entire career. He is touchdown dependent. He doesn't get the goal line carries. He hasn't been healthy. That offense is way too lethal to be giving the ball to J.K. Dobbins. They kept around Gus Edwards. Gus Edwards is healthy this year, too. They, I don't know why they like him. Gus Edwards probably wouldn't be on any other team. Talked about how he is mm-hmm. on the Ravens, but they like him. And 
J.K. Dobbins, he just has not been efficient. People will say, oh, he's been elite. When? When has he been elite? He I will tell you cracked. what he is elite at, not to cut you off. He is so good at getting fake handed off to by Lamar Jackson. I agree. Man, he's so good at that. You know, I mean, he 100%. always looks like he has the ball when he doesn't. 100%. People, yeah, I know. I, I completely agree with people are like, oh, he, when he's had the ball, he's been elite. Like, when? He's when? had <laughs> not a single fantasy game over 30 points. Yeah. He gets maybe 10 touches a game. He's always injured. I'm not on the J.K. Dobbins train. Mm-hmm. If he finishes great this year, good. I've been burned by him too many times, and it's not just because I've been burned by him that I have him as a stay away. It's because... I think Lamar Jackson, we went over in our quarterback rankings, I think Lamar Jackson has a real shot to be MVP this year. I think Lamar Jackson possibly gets up close to that 1,000-yard rushing mark again. What does that leave for J.K. Dobbins? It leaves absolutely nothing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely nothing. Completely. Lamar has way too many weapons on the outside. I think Zay Flowers is going to be great. Odell is blowing it up in camp, and I mean that in a good way. Like, he's crushing it. They're saying he's absolutely catching everything. He is dusting. They're they're saying that he looks – incredible and if Rashad Bateman comes back I think all of this leads to more targets for Mark Andrews because Mark Andrews won't be covered as much I don't think it leaves any targets for J.K. Dobbins J.K. Dobbins is just stay away stay away especially where he's being drafted uh I'll just check real quick I I think he's being drafted yeah he's being drafted around that Alexander Madison no absolutely no shot yeah, no shot yeah, I, I, there's no way people are taking him before Madison and before Sanders no way am I taking it. stay away from that if he falls Maybe to the final round of your draft, I take him. But other than that, I'd I'm not take him as him. a guy in a bench. You know, maybe if yeah. the maybe if the Ravens are playing a terrible run team, sure, I'd more more than happy to play him a game, see if he gets a tug for me. But yeah, I mean, and it also sucks because there goes the Bateman and Dobbin, you know, yeah. nicknames for fantasy. So <laughs> so sorry about that, guys. But a lot of the fantasy names are going up in smoke here today. So yeah, yeah. No, I, I like those. Those are those are some pretty good ones. Honestly, yeah. and that that's always my favorite part about these positional ones. And yeah, I was gonna say we got we had some some damn good takes here. But you know, it, it's so cool to see how you know you agree with the top couple of things, and then five to thirty five is just an absolute war zone. I you know, know it's, I know. I was kind of going over my uh, my quarterback rankings with my brother earlier today at dinner, and mm-hmm. he was just like, "What." Dude, what? <laughs> and I was like, dude, go listen to the podcast. Right. You know what I mean, I was like, come on. I was like, yeah, like, I some of my takes are out there. Some of your takes are out there. Like, mm-hmm. but that's that's the great thing about this. We have you know great discourse, and I don't know. It, it gives the listeners a good chance to decide where they fall in between us because you know sometimes we're there, and the listeners could be like, okay, maybe I should be there. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we are just light years apart and the listener can listen to your argument and my argument and decide where they fall and hopefully we help some people with some drafts because i'm all about helping people win fantasy leagues and winning fantasy leagues myself so i mean that's that's kind of the whole concept getting everybody a little bit of that extra money you know and yeah and it's always cool i like hearing from because you know i got a couple of a couple of dms from some fans one of them was uh going off last time he's new york giants fan so he was definitely uh, thankful to me for the uh Daniel Daniel Jones praise. Oh my God. You know, he was like, oh my God, number nine. He even told me, he was like, man, I wouldn't put him that high, but I appreciate the love. You know, yeah. and then I had someone comment in, you know, uh, he was a Ravens fan. He was saying like, man, man, t- tell Joe he's the man, you know. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you kind of have to, but. You <laughs> know, it, number one, baby. Yeah, I mean, it's really cool seeing, uh, seeing all those things. So I cannot wait to be called like absolutely mind-numbingly stupid 
again, like, like what people are like, what the hell are you doing with Patrick Mahomes and stuff like that? And they're like, Kirk Cousins, are you out of your mind? You know, know, having those I stuff know. there. So, you know, all the, all the Bijan Robinson fans, man, they're going to be coming for my throat. Uh, all that kind of stuff, but I know, and I can't wait till we go over uh, our draft this Sunday, hopefully in the next mm-hmm. podcast or something. Uh, one of the podcasts is coming up. We'll break I hope down that our we can teams over, and stuff. Yeah, break down our teams and stuff because I think I have a pretty good strategy. Um, I have, I, I can't really get burnt this year. I'm going into it. I have guys that I know that I want, and I have guys that I know that I don't, and I have rounds where I'll be willing to take guys and not willing to take guys. So, I mean, I think I'm pretty set up for any round and anything that could be thrown at me. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty excited for this draft coming up. I've done, like I told you, a total of probably 70 mock drafts. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I'm kind of a little obsessed with it. At work, on my breaks, I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Get home, first thing I do. So, I don't know. I'm all into fantasy football this year, and I'm ready for this, man. Yeah, and sucky thing, especially about our league. You know, I mean, I did a bunch of fantasy drafts. I don't think I did a single one at the position nine. So... That, that's where I was for 10 or for five. That's where I was mm-hmm. for, for pick five. I didn't do a single one. I, I would five always do I like one like... or two. And then, you know, usually 10 just to hit the double, you know, back to back at the end of the round there. And sometimes mid, you know, five or six, you know, halfway through. So I can be like, okay, if I'm picking every 10 picks, what is my team going to look like? So having the yeah. nine in that weird space in between is, is interesting. I know, I know we all but... got kind of thrown through a loop, but I was talking to the picks uh, one through four, the other, or just earlier today. And I don't know, for some reason, they don't think Jamar Chase is a top five pick in the fantasy football draft. So if he falls to me at five, I'm more than happy to take him off their hands, especially in a full PPR league with two flexes. Get out of town. But we'll see what happens. I'm just crossing my fingers that they somehow think like Cooper Cup is not worthy of top 10 and I can can snag him there towards the end. Yeah, well, I I know for a fact uh, your brother who has pick number one might do some outlandish crap like picking Patrick Mahomes, but <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know if he'll actually do that, but uh, I've been in a few fantasy leagues with him before. and uh, He, he always does say, something like that. Yeah, yeah, he always does something really stupid like that. <laughs> I almost guarantee, too, he will, uh, and hopefully he's not listening to this, but guarantee I'll get a text or something like that. Like, oh, like, you know, who, who should I take? I'll just tell him, oh, yeah. Take Patrick Mahomes, you know. Yeah, like tell it was him to listen same... to the podcast where he caught a stray at the end. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah scroll to like the last little mark, and you'll just hear us kind of kind of shitting on him a little bit here. Little yeah, bit. see that. I was talking to him, and he said that he wouldn't mind coming on one of these, and I was like, "Oh, you better be ready, dude, because we're going to tear you apart." Oh yeah, like... yeah, it's it's <laughs> no holds barred. You know, it's going to be a just left hook, right hook, and geez, that that that'll be that'll be fun. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I might, I might take Josh Allen first overall. You know, I'll absolutely go, go ahead. Yeah, just end the podcast right there so yeah, we don't yeah. tell him anything. <laughs> <laughs> Put him on a tangent for two hours, you know. Yeah, and then just, you know, hang up, be like, all right, guys, and turns out no wide receiver rankings. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, see you later, guys. Hope you, hope you enjoyed this two-hour discourse of Sebastian arguing to himself. Yeah, man, that would be funny. That would be such a good one to get in, but. That would be funny. Oh man! Damn! Now we now we have some some ideas for upcoming here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. You know, outside of the uh, wide receiver and tight end ones, which we'll get filming soon, and obviously, you know, we we will do the uh, our own team breakdowns and stuff like yep. that, even if it's just a little segment to add on to to something like that as it closes out. You know, because I'm having a uh, 
roster cut down podcast coming up for everyone listening right now. I know that's a heavily requested one. You know, all the big names that are getting cut and stuff like that, like in Keel Harry today, not really a big name. He sucks, but you know, still like a, a name brand guy who's getting cut, who's not playing well. So it'll be fun, something fun to uh, kind of tack on there and see how our teams pan out and we can just tear each other's teams down as to why they're not yeah. really good. You know, you'll see me yeah. with Kirk Cousins sitting in at my QB one spot and I'll see you with a, uh, Lamar Jackson there, and we will just absolutely have at it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, if Lamar Jackson is there for me, uh, you know, I mean, I might even shoot for him in early third round, uh, especially at pick five. I don't know. I've done a few <clears throat> mock drafts. Uh, if he's there at round four, which I don't think he will be. But then again, I don't know how everyone in this mock draft or in our actual draft is going to draft. Uh, yeah, when you so, have Seabass, it's unpredictable. Yeah, so, I mean, my mock drafts, I – they go a lot off of ADP. Um, it's not just auto pick, but I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. I. That's why I'm going in there with guys that I know that I want. And like, if I don't get Lamar Jackson, I'm okay taking like a Justin Fields. You know what I mean? Like how I had mm-hmm. him, Justin Fields, number six in my rankings for the quarterback rankings. But, anyways, just want to thank you for having me on, Gabriel. Dude, this yeah. is always a blast, man. And I can't wait for the next upcoming podcast when I can be on. Oh yeah, man. Not, not a problem at all. And that, that's a big thing. It's always good. You know, the discourse is absolutely elite and you know, the viewers and stuff, like I said, I get comments from some of them. They love having you on too. So we'll get that stuff, uh, rolling as soon as possible. And yeah, to the awesome. viewers, thank y'all so much for, uh, tuning in once again. I appreciate the, uh, all the love and stuff like that. And also the, the civil and somewhat not so civil discourse that we have, you know, kind of on the, uh, as to the results of all this kind of stuff. So to all of you guys, uh, thanks so much. And we'll catch you in the next episode. Peace out. Absolutely.